Welcome, everybody. This is episode 107 of the Anime Arcade Podcast, and my name is Jeff. I'm here with Carlos. What is up? I'm also here with Logan. Yo. And we have a long one for you today, and you're going to hear me say that I thought it was going to be short later. Cursed us. I cursed us. us. Very, very Um, soon. We reviewed shows for the season, the last season of anime. Uh, always forget what season I'm in because I live in Florida, so you've got to give me a, uh, a, uh, the last season <laughs> a pass on that. Every season in Florida is like summer. So, um, But yeah, we re- we reviewed some summer shows for the year of 2019. I do remember the year and uh, I had a good one. I think this was kind of a... <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I think... I think we had a pretty good variance in the types of shows and in the scores this time. I mean, sometimes we'll have a really good cast where we have all great shows. Sometimes we kind of shit on shows. Um, this one I thought was all over the place, which is nice, you know, so look forward to <laughs> which shows are on the bottom end and which ones are the top. Uh, but what'd you guys think? Yeah. I mean, good. Uh, I mean, Kind of felt like uh, higher highs and lower lows, but uh, I mean there was a there was a middle of the road show, so yeah, uh, hopefully um, better outcome next time. But this one was pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Um, we do mention during the cast uh, to drop us some reviews and subscribe to our podcast because we want to reach more of you wonderful anime fans out there. So. Do that. Thank you. Love you all. (laughs) Please and thank you. And please enjoy the show. (laughs) Thanks for listening. been a while since we've gotten together um i don't know when the last cast was but it feels like a really long time ago <laughs> what was uh, the, the last one was girls un panzer i think and we had recorded that beforehand yeah and what was the last one before that uh i think that was our just like get together talk about the news and stuff yeah so might have been draft uh oh did, we did a draft cast right yeah <laughs> yeah we should probably know our podcast <laughs> Yeah, the draft cast was actually the newest one, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've I think we've all had a lot going on. <laughs> so in our defense, in our defense, listener. Um but yeah, it's it's good to get back with you guys. It's I think what it is, honestly, is that this is one of those times where we literally did not talk at all in between casts. At least I haven't been on with you. Yeah. Um I see with my crazy I see travel schedule. Again. So Occasionally. Okay, quote unquote. See, I hear Logan yeah. every now and again. Like yeah. when we play, when we play league occasionally. Yeah, I felt that I, I like added you the other night asking you if you wanted to play, and then immediately got off. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, honestly, it didn't strike me until like after the first game, and I'm like, oh, that was great, and I look back and I'm like, wait, where the fuck is Logan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was just too many people, and I needed to make dinner, so I was just like, "Okay, no, it's fine. Okay. I'll just get off." Yeah, I, I, yeah. I appreciate how many people in our Discord community 
like enjoy playing games with us i i feel bad because like i'm in the middle of midterms and like uh-huh. i can't be on i mean i can be on as much as i usually am but i probably shouldn't um so like <laughs> but like you know i i'm always i always see people in there and it, it does make me want to jump in because it's it's a lot of fun playing uh usually league of legends with uh, <laughs> everybody um which speaking of league of legends um bit of news which you know league fans you'll already know this but uh for those of you outside uh the riot games sphere riot games recently celebrated their uh 10 year anniversary uh with a just a slew of announcements um uh kind of going off the ones that we already knew about um they are developing a fighting game uh which they had already announced at evo uh, the fighting game tournament that takes place in Las Vegas. Um, I believe that one's, they're calling it Project L? Question mark? Project yes. something. They call them all Project something, right? Uh, the, I think the fighting game is Project L. Yeah. Because and then, like the, the shooter one right. is Project A. Yeah. And they're they're making a character shooter. Uh, I, I'm guessing similar to Overwatch. Um, the guns well, one of the things that struck me about that preview i'm not sure if you noticed this logan um hmm. the guns looked very like i don't know how else to put this but like csgo modern warfare uh-huh. like they look like I mean, standard guns yeah that preview the immediate reaction was like i think i looked to eric and said that looks like csgo yeah mm-hmm. but csgo with power so it's like maybe instead sure. of like like with overwatch where everybody has their has like a crazy personalized gun maybe it's like you you know you pick up weapons or maybe you buy weapons uh a la csgo um and then you just have powers to supplement the you know ak's and whatever you're buying so definitely now Hmm? this is a riot game so i'm assuming that it has i mean are there is there a crossover between this game and league so the fighting game yes the the shooter no the shooter interesting shooter it doesn't look like any of the characters are crossover. Maybe they'll be crossover, kind of like um, uh, DLCs or something. Yeah, I, I I can imagine like I mean, you could totally put Jinx in a games like in a game like that. Um, sure, or like another Lucian. Yeah, Jin. Um, Mis- yeah, misfortune. Any ADC, Caitlyn. Yeah, you can even put Ash with the bow. I mean, why not? Sure. Um, <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a like a big old Ash arrow the face in a shooter that'd be fun um yeah so so they're they're doing a shooter uh they the one that they announced that uh is they're kind of having a beta for as we speak or maybe the beta is closed at this uh, point in time that you're listening uh is a card game called legends of runeterra um you know similar to shadowverse hearthstone at the new magic the gathering online game um the system looks different. <laughs> uh, like I said, I I'm pretty sure you've already put in for like the beta, right, Logan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So I, I watched a, a bunch of it today while at work. It looks interesting. Yeah. Um I don't really get a whole lot of the mechanics, but it looks di- very different. And I'm not gonna lie, I actually really enjoyed what they were saying about how you get cards in like uh-huh. not getting them out of randomized packs sounds much much better um yeah i'll give it a shot but honestly 
listener, don't expect much out of me. I fucking suck at card games. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll like if we if we get into the beta, we will we might try to put something up on stream or something like that. Like maybe Logan and I can play against each other, but like, like that's the only time one of us is going <laughs> to, I don't know. No, I, I, I've won before in, in other card games. It's just, it's, it's pretty rare anyway. Um, and, uh, anything else? Uh, they, you know, they announced, uh, changes to, uh, League of Legends proper, um, uh, a new system, uh for summoner's rift for those of you who play sr we usually play arams uh but they also announced a mobile uh version for tft uh which is pretty yep. cool uh damn they're busy <laughs> and then a mobile version of league like of summoner's rift uh it's not going to have any cross play with your computer version but it'll be its own thing like i think it's mobile and console yeah. um so like yeah, just an entirely new version of League of Legends that you can play on mobile and console. Yeah, it's um, called Wild Rift. Is it called Wild Rift? I... Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking it was called something else. Anyway, um, yeah. So Wild Rift eventually. Like this, these are all things that are coming eventually. Uh-huh. Uh, I I think the the card game is probably the closest to done. Um, what else? Oh, um, and. Were there any other games? Yeah, there was one that's uh, called Project F, which looks kind of like a... I mean, we really didn't get much of it at all, and they didn't say anything about it. But to me, it looks like it might be like a platforming... um, Like, uh, oh, I just forgot the name of the game. Uh, Like a fixed camera, kind of... uh, You're fighting enemies... Why can I not remember the name of the game? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like like top down, like you're looking down at your character. Kind of, yeah. It's like slightly S- angled down. So like uh like a Path of Exile Diablo, that kind of thing? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I I do remember hearing something about that, but I couldn't find any footage of it. So mm. uh maybe yeah, they, I, mean, they, I definitely they just, wasn't watching it. Was a couple time. brief, brief things. I'll post a picture in our uh, our chat so you can see what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think uh the comparison to like Diablo or Path of Exile is probably not a bad one, though I don't know if you're able to move camera in that one. Uh, but we, no, you're you're not. It's yeah. fixed. So yeah, we know nothing about this game. So, uh, and then finally they announced a um, an animated series. Yeah, which is surprising and gratifying for those of us who have been telling them just make a goddamn movie already. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of amazed that they kept this much stuff under wraps for this one announcement. It's they must have decided that they really wanted to inject a lot of cash into new development. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I saw a pretty funny tweet. Um, I think it was earlier today. It was like everyone asking Riot, why do you keep making Lux and Ari skins? And then it was Riot 10 year anniversary announcements. This is why to fund everything. (laughs) Well, I mean, they do. I mean, they do sell. So, uh-huh. There you go. I buy them. So yeah, for sure. You got me. Um, so you're welcome, Internet. <laughs> yeah, no, they they kept a lot of that under wraps. I mean, uh, granted, um, there were some, you know, speculations and stuff like that. And uh, the fighting game they had they had announced at Evo, which I think was mm-hmm. the best place for them to have done that. Oh, for um, sure. But, uh, but yeah, a lot like just a a deluge of of information and 
everyone was like, okay, you can call yourself Riot Games now with an S. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so I know, you know, a lot of people in our Discord are pretty excited because uh, we're all League players and we love our characters. And I hope Sona never comes to the fighting game because I don't want to see her get hurt. Uh, I know Ari's <laughs> in the fighting game. Yeah, yeah, it showed her getting beat up by what Darius. By Darius. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, poor Ari. Poor Ari. I saw like I, I don't know if you watched like the the streamer the stream at all or anything, um, but they did show a couple others. Like I saw Jinx was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Katarina. But, yeah, I'm sure the yeah Katarina. Yeah, I'm sure the it won't be every character that's in league, but probably be a good chunk of them. Right, I, and one thing to note too is that the the two games that uh, I like, I, as much as I'm interested in the league stuff for sure, um, the two games I'm most interested in is, is to see them break out of their comfort zone with the fighting game and with the the um, the team shooter, the character shooter. Sure. Uh, but both of those games, both of the lead developers said, like, this is just an announcement. We're gonna uh-huh. essentially go dark for months after this because we're still working on this, but expect to hear more like before the end of next year. So I'm like, okay, this is just it's a concept. It's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. So, so definitely something to be excited about, but you know, not something that's, that's going to come for at least another like year, if not well, like maybe two, two. Yeah. Although the fighting game looks, looks really good for what they have. So I'm excited. And the, the character shooter, the character shooter looks a little bit like earlier stages for me. But mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Just no. just a, a fun little side thing that we get to talk about because A, it's our podcast and B, our community likes League. Uh, <laughs> nope. Today we are here to talk about that other thing that we cover from time to time, you know, just every now and again. Once in a blue moon, you guys get something out of us about anime. And today is one of those blue moons. Um <laughs> Blue Moon sounds delicious. I don't know it where does. I'm going with this. Please fucking Making save me. Making me thirsty. <laughs> it's the summer 2019 anime reviews. Part one. Woo, part Woo. one. We're reviewing shows. Yeah. This is what we do. These are usually our longest casts, so we'll see how this one ends up. Yeah. Just for the for the record, we um, expect this to be quick. But <laughs> Quicker. I may be saying this and uh, you're looking at your podcast you know, length and you're seeing three hours and, you know, 40 minutes. Oh, God, I hope so. not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I expect that much to say. I <laughs> expect if that's the case, our intro was very um, tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be very late. <laughs> how how was future us, listener? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rate us um, below. I'm not sure yeah. where below is. Below is on iTunes. Oh. iTunes, please yeah. review us on or, iTunes. Can can they review us on Spotify? Uh, I don't know how Spotify works. Probably check us out and subscribe to us on Spotify yeah, you if you go. haven't. Yeah, so if you thing. can't review us on Spotify or Stitcher or where, like, if you don't listen on iTunes, then do us a favor and like just write a note like on a post-it and stick it to the bathroom wall of like a public restroom. That way, someone might and like put five like stars and then. Post that to Twitter. <laughs> I swear to God, you'll be my hero. <laughs> Five star out of arcade podcast. I love this fucking just like on a post-it note on a sh- like on a shit house wall or something like that. Or sure. for a good time, listen to the NV arcade <laughs> podcast. 
Okay. Well, that was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Way out <laughs> first. Anyway. Um, uh, but before we uh, dive into uh, the shows that we finished, uh, there are shows that we'll be carrying over uh, that are carrying over into the fall season. Um, and each one of us has one of these shows. Yeah. This is a rarity, I think. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, I think all three of us might be watching Fire uh, Fire Force yeah. though, right? I yes. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I am making you watch that because he's dropped the ones within, uh, and then yeah. Carlos just likes Fire Force, so he's joining us as it's well for that one. Amazing. <laughs> um, I will be honest; I am not super far into it. Um, I've fallen more into binging shows rather than keeping up week to week. So, um, but I have seen a good. Uh, I don't know, five episodes or something like that. And I'm really enjoying what I've seen so far. Um, it's very shonen-y. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> um, sure. But I like uh, Shinra, the main character. Uh, I love Maki. Um, I think it's interesting character designs across the board. Um, the uh, I forget what his name. Joker might be the first bad guy that we really mm-hmm. meet. Um, he reminds me of like a One Piece character. Uh with his, I don't know, weird Cra- fashion style and crazy eyes, yeah, crazy eyes, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 good so far, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to getting more of that one. Yeah, no, that one, the that one blows my mind with how well they're adapting that manga. I'm yeah, I'm not all the way good. caught up, but I'm I'm a little I'm I'm like a little farther than you. I want to say I'm like three episodes further, maybe. Um, okay. And yeah, I'm actually starting to fall more into binging shows and keeping up with them. <laughs> it's just easier. Um, it is. I'm actually pretty surprised with Fire Force because, you know, I am caught up actually. And uh, there's a lot, at least I'm caught up with the dub. This is a show I'm actually watching the yeah, dub for. Yeah, the dub's very good. Yeah, and it is good, actually. It's a really good dub. And Tamaki is best girl, by the way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> She's uh, great. and I'll... F- I'll, I'll fight you. I, 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 think, I think we're all we all disagree on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, though I don't necessarily like that her entire character, pretty much so far, has been uh, my close fall off. Um, but when she's not, when that's not happening, she's really she's really sweet. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, she had a really good moment. Anyway, uh, the thing that surprised me a lot about Fire Force is that it's subverted my expectations as to how that is going to go. Um, there's a lot of mystery and a lot of. Uh, the the direction has been way different than I expected from the initial kind of synopsis. So yeah, I uh, wasn't expecting like political intrigue uh-huh. um, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's I, been it's this, been interesting. This is why I love this shonen <laughs> because yep. it, it's yep. like reading the manga. I was like, I was like, okay, it's just gonna be like a you know monster of the week. Maybe we'll get like a monster who's like or a guy who's like you know. I I I did get the you know the the shadowy figures and stuff like that uh but you know with the uh like all the like um stuff about you know, like you said politics and and the religion the church mm-hmm. of soul and all that stuff it's just it's really super interesting it is yeah and for those of you who don't really know a lot about fire force i mean i was really turned off by it honestly because i just like saw firefighters and i'm like oh wow a show about people fighting fires but <laughs> totally um, not what it is at not all. at all um yeah this show it honestly plays more like i would say like my hero academia than, sure um probably that's probably the show i would liken it to uh 
and it's been great. It's been a really fun fun watch so far. Right. Uh, so the other show, uh, well, my show, I should say that um is continuing is uh, Vinland Saga, um, another very very faithful adaptation of a manga that I absolutely love. Um. I mean, I just kind of I'll briefly say it's it's a it's a Viking story. And actually, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a I'm actually going to be doing a project on this manga this this semester. I've I've kind of convinced my professor to let me do it. So I'm excited for that. too. Nice. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it takes place during uh, the Viking invasions of the uh, super early um 11th century thank you they thank you brain i was forgetting that for a second there um <laughs> so you know england english uh anglo-saxons versus uh norse people and like the uh, like the class of clash of cultures and stuff like that um it is a lot of action and the action scenes are excellent but you if you're going to watch this show, you have to realize that this is a very different time. Slavery is cool. Uh, you know, uh, raiding parties were seen as like something to aspire to. And they didn't leave the populace unharmed. So our heroes aren't always the best people. But it, in terms of historical ac- accuracy, I mean, aside from some of the supernatural shit that they're able to do, um, uh pretty accurate and it's like the manga is very well researched and like i said the this the anime is uh uh adapting it beautifully like it it looks gorgeous um i will say i'm probably like uh, three or four episodes behind at this point because i keep forgetting that it's on amazon whenever i think hmm i need to watch something what should i watch i never remember amazon because they're terrible promoting and i'm terrible at remembering just in general um but if you if if you like you know history and stuff like that and the viking invasions or something of interest to you then uh you're gonna love in saga and that's all i have to say about that until the fall reviews (laughs) cool yeah uh so dr stone is the last show that's continuing that we're watching um or that i'm watching anyway i don't know if you guys either of you are watching or plan on watching this one but nah. uh i've actually been very pleasantly surprised with this show uh dr stone essentially the the whole premise is um one day the whole world um turned to stone um or at least all the people in the world uh and the birds for some reason, people and birds. And that's kind of one of the mysteries, but um, essentially after, I think it's like three thirty seven hundred years or something, uh, everyone you know, still stone, except for this guy, Senku, uh, the main character, I presume who they are calling Dr. Stone, the, the title character. Um, he wakes up because for that entire 3,700 years, he was um, counting and uh, keeping his mind active. Uh, in the stone and for some reason that seems to have something to do with how he was able to break out um and he uh another character is able to come out with him um gosh i forget his name but um and they honestly start (laughs) senku who is kind of like your honestly that's one of my only real issues so far with the show is he's 
I say it's an issue, but it's actually kind of fun too. He's just like you're super intelligent. He knows everything scientist kind of uh, he remembers the formulas for every single thing and how to create every single thing that was ever in existence in the world. But um, over time, he's developing things um, that human beings need. You know, he, he has fire and he builds shelter and he um, and now it's gotten to the point now where he's starting to create medicine and uh, electricity. And um, so it's kind of like throughout this show, he's rebuilding kind of civilization. Um, and there's some conflict in there and uh, some people that don't necessarily want to let him do that. And uh, some dangers, obviously, that present themselves. But it's been a really interesting watch. And I'm really excited to see where the show goes because um, – I, I, it's actually pretty educational too, uh, talking about how, you know, sulfa antibiotics are created and, um, you know, uh, I forget some of the more specific things as well, but, um, it's, uh, it, 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 it I haven't really fact checked a lot of the stuff, but I assume that they're <laughs> telling the truth when they say how some of these things are created. And I, I think it's probably unrealistic to think he's able to actually acquire the ingredients for some of the things he's able to, you know, to get, but, um, regardless, it's been, it's been a fun watch so far. So, uh, actually one of the shows I'm most excited for each new episode I've been watching this week to week cause I really am hooked on it. So, and there's a really, uh, cute <laughs> um i i love the uh that she is jokingly called the gorilla or the the blonde gorilla <laughs> but oh. she's a uh, she's cute she's um, a, a blonde girl that uh he ends up meeting about halfway through this first core and uh she's been a fun character so far <laughs> yeah i've seen some uh screenshots every now and then on like twitter and i think i know the girl that you're talking about because she has a an interesting character design. Yeah, uh, she does. I mean, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the character designs are, are different, but she's definitely kind of, it brings me back to like an older style for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because when you look at her, she's got really big eyes, but she, you know, she is an attractive character. So, yeah. um, yeah, I was a fan. It is kind of, it's, it's interesting, uh, her design for sure. Well, yeah, you'll hear more about that next, next, uh, review cast about three months from now when <laughs> let's hope it's not that long when we're when we're just about getting ready for for our trip to japan yeah my packed uh, bag will man, be right yeah. next to me here we getting <laughs> on the plane um okay so i guess that takes us to the first show that we're talking about today which was a show that i drafted it may have even been no it wasn't my first but um, the show is Granbelm, uh, which is an anime original done by Studio Nexus, um, who's done other shows like uh, Chivalry of a Failed Knight, Comic Girls, Wakaba Girl, um, all shows which I really, really enjoy. Um, and some other interesting notes for this one, the director and the character designer for this one were both um people that uh worked on ReZero so it has a bit of a pedigree there as well um and <coughs> excuse me um so i had kind of high hopes going into this one 
Um, it seemed like it was going to be kind of a darker, magical girl kind of anime. Um, and it kind of was. Um, the, I guess, the the show starts off um, focused on a girl named Mangetsu uh, Kohinata, who's this uh, pink-haired girl. Um, and we come to find out that her shtick is that she's really not good at anything in particular. She's not bad at anything, but she just kind of exists in the world. Um, she has a family. Um, like the joke that they repeatedly go to throughout the show is that she loves to make food, but every time someone eats the food, they say, it's all right. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, and she's she was making lunches for another girl in her class um, because free food, because she's kind of gullible that way. Uh, but she left the lunchbox at school, so she's running back in the middle of the night to get this lunchbox. And um, as she's starting to leave the school, the moon outside turns like blood red, and she gets kind of transported into a alternate reality, I guess. Um, and outside of the school, we see these giant robots fighting um and they kind of discover her and they start trying to go after her and get her um and we're not really sure what's going on here um but one girl whose name is shingetsu kind of saves mangetsu um and takes her into her mech and the moon sets and they're back in the real world um, and we come to find out that there is a, hmm, how to put it, uh, a higher power called the, oh, Jesus, what, what's it called? Um, I really need to remember what it's called because it's kind of important to the thing. Let me just look it up real quick. Um, ah, Okay. It is called the Amagia Conatus, which is this floating island in this alternate reality um, that looks like it has kind of like a castle-like thing on it, and there's like a bunch of these like magic circles on it, um, and if I'm remembering correctly, Shinigetsu explains that What's happening is that Magia Kanatis is having a competition of sorts um, with mages around the world. Uh, and they're fighting each other to earn the privilege, I guess, of becoming uh, what's called the Princess Mage, which is like the one true wielder of magic. Um, and we come to find that magic a thousand years ago or something like that was sealed away by all the mages in the world because of the power. Um, it was too great for humans and they were misusing it. And so Magia Kanatis has been looking for a mage that can wield the power of, you know, of magic and be the, the one to kind of direct it. Um, and so it's having these girls 
kind of fight uh, in these mech things. Um, and I'm not sure how much I really want to go into everything in this show because it uh, it's very convoluted in a lot of ways. And well, I guess I need to talk about some stuff. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. So the goal is for there to be the one for there to be one girl left at the end of this. So it's kind of battle royale-ish uh, in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of like the main plot. And then we've got these kind of subplots. Uh, we find out that Shingetsu is a mage from a faraway land. Um, I think this takes place in Japan, and she's the most Japanese looking out of anyone uh, in the show. Um, and uh, she was... By, by Japanese looking, do you mean like they put her in like... A kimono and like or like very japanese attire or like um here i'll just i'll no definitely not that in that way like black hair and dark black eyes hair, kind of. dark eyes oh, yeah okay. her last name is fukami um i guess yeah i guess all of them have kind of japanese last names but none of them really look it uh but i just thought it was interesting that she seemed to be not from around there, as far as I could tell. Um, but anyway, she was kind of adopted into this family because she had blood of a, a mage, uh, which is a big thing in the show. Uh, because only people who have blood of the of a former mage can enter in this competition to become the princess mage. Um, and so, kind of the the big early conflict is there's a girl named Anna um who seems like she's kind of a a rich girl um and her family has like a kind of strong mage lineage and uh she seems to really have it out for Shingetsu um we don't know exactly why um over the course of the show we find out that uh it was always Anna's dream to become, you know, the princess mage, um, as is, I think, the dream of most mage uh, families is to, you know, achieve that title. Um, but it turns out that Anna didn't have the ability to fully utilize the, the magic of her family. And so her family adopted uh, Shingetsu in the hope of Shingetsu taking over that role, but they never told Anna. And uh, Anna was kind of tricked all along. And so there's bad blood between the two of them. Um, and I thought that that arc was really good and interesting. Um, I do think Anna was portrayed as very over the top in her uh, aggressiveness towards Shingetsu. Um, and I feel like once their conflict was resolved, the show kind of took a downward turn for me um there's a very good episode where uh anna learns the truth that she was kind of deceived all along um and there's a they do this very interesting thing in the credits uh of that episode where it's just normal credits normal credits and all of a sudden it just cuts to black and then we see 
um, her Anna's mom laying in bed with a pool of blood uh, by her hand. And then we see Anna kind of like holding this giant magical stone that she wanted. Uh, it was like their family stone. Um, and that's, I guess, the other thing that I forgot to mention is that in order to use magic and use these mechs, you have to have like a a stone. Um, and usually the bigger, the better. So she was looking for this big stone so that she could wield incredible power and, you know, kill Shingetsu and become the princess mage. Um, and then they have a really good fight in the next episode, a really, really well animated fight. Um, and then after that, I just feel like the show kind of lost a lot of its drive. Um, it became much more of a, uh, I don't want to say like monster of the week cause it's not a monster, but it's, like, like I guess girls kind of yeah fight of the week like girls kind of start getting off to one after the other um how graphic is that I mean is it pretty brutal to watch um or? I would say it's not very graphic at all really hmm. there are a couple moments um I think the Anna fight in particular things do get kind of uh intense and hmm. uh a little gruesome but uh for the most part yeah, it's not there's nothing offensive in the way that they do stuff because it this isn't true, but people don't really die in this show. Um which may be a confusing sentence that I just said. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so so here's I'm about to lie to you. Yes, I'm about to lie to you. So here's what happens. This is a spoiler. We're in a spoiler cast, uh review cast. So Shingetsu in her fight with Anna ends up destroying Anna's stone that she's using. And when they get back to the real world, it turns out that Anna doesn't exist anymore. Oh, uh-huh. so but, she died. But there is another person existing as Anna. If that makes any sense whatsoever. So, so so she died as the person that she was, but like it just uh-huh. like kind of history kind of like rewritten almost in that. Yes. Like there's another person. So she's essentially like different mentally. And it's like she's essentially a different person. Same body. No. Mm-hmm. Different physically too, which made no sense oh, to me well, whatsoever. That, yeah, that doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, yeah. It, it it makes no sense. Yeah. So she like when she dies in that realm, she's erased from existence, and some, you know it, it's as if she never existed in someone else. It's almost like, worse than dying. Yeah, that's that's way worse. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but it's like she she still exists in the world, just not as the Anna that we're introduced to. Yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't even. There's like literally zero physical resemblance. To her at all like if you saw the character model you'd be like that's well that's just a different person it's just not the same at all um hmm. but well that's interesting it's different yeah yeah um let me see where was i even at what am i even talking about here <laughs> um so okay so they're yeah they're kind of going 
like week to week they're kind of getting rid of uh other girls in this competition there's uh a girl named nene who's a i don't think they're triplets but she's got two sisters younger sisters but because of her family's magic for whatever reason she doesn't grow older than she already is so she looks like a middle schooler or an elementary schooler rather um and so she's trying to figure out what happened to her mom by entering this competition um she gets taken out by Mangetsu in an episode um but her uh stone wasn't destroyed so she still sticks around um but we do find out that yeah, I, I think it's at that point, because I think that's around the same fight as Anna. Um, Nene doesn't remember Anna. Oh, is that how it went? It's it's this weird thing where if you're in the the realm, when someone dies, when their stone gets destroyed, you're still able to remember them, but the rest of the world forgets who they are, that they even existed. Um, I'm definitely seeing what you said earlier that this was kind of convoluted because it sounds yeah. like there's a lot of, a lot of rules. And I, I mean, it's interesting because it sounds like they got kind of deep with the, the, the world building and the story and everything. Uh-huh. But, um, I don't know that a show is going to, I mean, it, it would be difficult for a show I think to portray all of that. Like it almost sounds like it was, I don't know what the source material was for this, but maybe a, a novel or a, even a game of some sort would probably do a better job of explaining some of this background rules. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But it's also like the show doesn't even abide by its own rules because there's another character. Um, her name's Kuon, I think. Let me look at the characters here. Yeah. Kuon, who her reason for entering the competition is to save her sister who was previously in the competition, but something happened to her. So she's like comatose. Um, and so she's trying to figure out what happened. Um, we come to find out that there's this girl named, uh, uh, Suisho, um, who, <sighs> who did something to Kuon's sister and that's why she's in that state. And so Kuon's kind of made it her mission to defeat Suisho, um, but is unable to do so. And Kuon's gem gets destroyed and she just disappears from existence. Her sister wakes up, but she's just gone. And they don't really say why. And her sister doesn't know who, you know, doesn't know that she has a sister or anything like that. So it's just there's a lot of inconsistencies um in the rules of the show and it's kind of unfortunate in a lot of ways um so i guess we get down to eventually there's three people left there's shingetsu there's mangetsu and then there's suisho who are able to enter the realm nene's still around and she's able to kind of help out because her mech was a like 
more long range recon kind of mech that could fire stuff from the sky. Um, and she's able to somehow get into the realm through a pig charm that she gave Mangetsu to kind of help. Anyways, uh, that's when they kind of, well, she's, Nene is also kind of like a, uh, computer person, I guess. And I forget exactly how it came around, but she was like kind of researching magical areas around, uh, Japan specifically where they're located. And I don't exactly know if they're located anywhere in particular. Um, and she finds out that several places that Mangetsu frequents are areas of insane amounts of magic. Um, and that's when they kind of just completely jump the shark. Uh, and we find out that Mangetsu is actually a doll created by Shingetsu because Shingetsu was lonely and the print or and the uh, <laughs> Maji Kanadas uh, favors Shingetsu. So sh- the Maji Kanadas used its magic to make Shingetsu a friend. Um, and then we get into the final fight and we find out that Suisho is also a doll that was made by Maji Kanadas a thousand years ago to fight all of these uh, mages that come seeking the power of Magia Kanadas to see if they're worthy or not. And apparently no one for a thousand years has been able to beat Suisho. So at this point, the writer watched Rose and Maiden or something and uh, <laughs> yeah. decided they wanted dolls in the story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's, that sounds like it's just all over the place. Man. It is all over the place. Um, so they're, they have a, a long fight. Uh, Mangetsu ends up kind of like sacrificing herself so that Shingetsu can get to Magia Kanatas, um, where she and Suisho have kind of a, a long drawn out battle. Um, but Mangetsu comes back in spirit and helps Shingetsu overcome. Uh, and then I, I guess I didn't say. What Shingetsu's wish was, Shingetsu wanted to remove magic from the world. Um, Just completely eradicate it because nothing's ever good. Nothing good has ever come from it. Um, So she's able to finally beat Suisho um, and make her wish come true at the cost of her existence being erased from the world because anything that was touched by magic can no longer exist. Um, it sounds like my wish would be to erase the existence of this show from the world based on the way that you're describing. I, I don't know if it was that bad, but it, was, <laughs> it, it wasn't great. It, it was, okay, it was pretty bad, but <laughs> there are some good things about it. Um, for one, I do think the character designs are absolutely fantastic. It looks pretty, yeah. Yeah. Um, the animation is incredible. Um, I The mech... Uh, Designs are interesting to say the least. They're like chunky little robots. Chibi mechs. Chibi mechs, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Big chibi mechs. It's like, you know, the, the chica blow up at the, the line that you went to, Carlos? They kind of look like that. <laughs> um, I kind of wonder if they look but, like the. Um... 
I'd have to see him, but I kind of wonder if they look like the mechs uh, from the... There was a crossover uh, with Soccer Wars and uh, Love Live at, at the, the cafe in Tokyo. And uh, mm. uh, the chibi versions of the girls had chibi versions of the mechs. I kind of wonder if they... Like, that's what I'm imagining. Uh. <laughs> Hold on. So... Uh, okay. So, lo- no, but... Yeah, <laughs> those are interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I so <laughs> Logan listeners, Logan is posting pictures of the mechs in, in their chat. I, well, I'm really seeing short, kind of squished, like mechs. Yeah. I mean, honestly, some of these even look kind of like Gundam mechs, but they're just really short. They're, um, yeah, they have like they have no torso. Yeah, they like got rid of the it's torso. just legs, arms, and a head. Yeah, like if you can take, if you imagine just someone with a picture of a of like a Gundam, and they just took the top and squished it down, like everything, it they're still kind of wide, but yeah, yeah. interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, and that's the kind of the other thing. So that background is the battle. Yeah, like the show is beautiful. Like everything about the show, other than. Maybe wow. the mech designs is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anything, just watch like some clips from this show. I mean, it's it's really it is a beautiful looking show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just found a really good meme picture. I'm going to post. Um, uh, but <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> um. So, like, the battles in this show are also another problem with the show um, in that I think they just kind of ran out of ideas at a certain point. Um, and the the power scale was pretty much, like, non-existent. It's like they reached, like, you know, it's like it's that problem, I think, that some shonen anime have where it's like this person has reached the pinnacle of power no one could ever possibly be more powerful than this person oh wait their mech just kind of slightly upgraded now they're the most <laughs> powerful person power, and power creep in shonens yeah yeah and it just kind of like keeps happening as like each person's mech kind of like slightly alters and gets a more powerful form and then they're able to you know win the battle or something like that um and then in the final battle, it's just like the tactics just took a nosedive. It was just the same thing over and over again. Um, and it looked great. It looked fantastic. But it's just like uh, maybe a little bit of variety, uh, some different ideas maybe. Hmm. Um, I mean, did it look as if they were even reusing scenes or was it uh, It was all uh, well, still? No, I mean the... the, the um, The venues were kind of changing. And that's kind of... Uh, Another thing is each reality that they went into, um, they could only go in when it was a full moon. That's something that I miss mentioning. Um, and the moon was always red. Um, and so every time that they went into this reality, it was a different venue of sorts. It took on different characteristics depending on the uh, emotions and feelings of the girls participating. Um which I thought was interesting and, and cool um, and was a nice kind of like, you know, mix up. But yeah, I don't know. 
I had a pretty high hopes for the show, and it just didn't seem to reach any sort of conclusion that was a satisfying or I guess mostly satisfying. I mean, mm. I, I appreciate the, the ending for what it is. Like, Shingetsu destroyed magic at the cost of her existence in the world. And we kind of get to see her walking around this world because it's not like she dies. She's just walking around the world. No one can see her. And she can't interact with anyone. Um, but, yeah, there there are some kind of, like, weird moments at the end which don't make a lot of sense but i'm not gonna delve into those because i don't have the time or desire really to (laughs) to figure that kind of thing out but it i think was a really really good show for about six episodes um and then just kind of lost what it was going for um in some ways and just the execution wasn't quite there but damn beautiful and I like the characters. So what do you uh, think, man? I have no idea. Um It's a good question, one that I should have known you were going to ask. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to give this one a two out of five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a two. And that's that's pretty much where I was thinking you'd go. So the um the story, you know, maybe the 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 slow or the the bad part whereas maybe the visuals kind of take it up a notch. Yeah. And I like I watched this with Eric and he posted a long long thing about the show in our Grand Belm chat, so I would say that might be worth going and reading. Um, if you're kind of interested, he liked the show more than I did, but, um, I think he brings up some good points about things that, uh, were just kind of, uh, face palmish. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just all it takes is a couple of those and, and you just lose kind of your, your connection to a show, especially, you yeah. know, you like it after six, but if, it, like you said, you use the term, it jumped the shark, you know, it's kind of like once it gets to that point, it's hard to come back from it. So, yeah. um, uh, but it, I mean, some of the story p- plot points sounded interesting, uh, but the execution maybe just wasn't there. Cool. Well, sorry. It wasn't better for you, man. It's all good. That's the risk we take here. Yeah. Well, speaking of a show that went downhill. Uh, no, gonna, I was looking forward to this to, one. I have to get my hand up on this one right off the start. Um, this is a show I drafted. Uh, it is, do you love your mother or do you love your mom? Sorry. Do you love your mom and her two hit most target attacks? Oh, no. This is a show. Like, I had a, like... <laughs> there are two sh- there are two shows this season that I think I have a problem with uh for the reason that it it could either be one thing or the other but it doesn't focus enough on one thing it tries to be kind of both and fails um but uh uh the show is um Burger King stop selling tacos like just make burgers <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> just fast food stop selling tacos you fail at it anyway um <laughs> This this show's um uh it's done by uh, JC Staff. Um 
who've done uh, Toradora, um, Don Machi, One Punch Man, a ton all, of just stuff. all kinds of stuff. Excuse me. Uh, and this one is a hmm, less of an isekai, more of a video game one. Uh, but uh, we follow uh, Masato Oski, who is a young man who is uh, kind of sick of his overbearing mother, who, um, you know, she's a very sweet woman, uh, but she's kind of smothers him. Um, and he's like, it's a notification that uh, there's a new MMO RPG that's going to be coming out uh, that is like, you know, full dive, virtual reality, that kind of thing. And he's head over heels, like in love with this idea. Um, so he uh, he decides to, you know, to sign up for this thing. Like, um, I think if I remember correctly in the first episode, it's like he was filling out a survey and based on the the answers on his survey he was recommended for this show or for sorry for the show take take two he was recommended for this game like to get into the beta of this game uh so he dives into this this virtual world uh but what he doesn't know is his mom's coming with him uh, his mom whose name is mamako <laughs> which i'm just i can't say i'm just gonna call her mom <laughs> so mamoski uh comes with him and it's then revealed that this game is for kids and their parents, specifically kids and their moms. I believe at one point, like, cause they're, they're, uh, there's a, a lady named, uh, Masumi Shirase. Uh, she's like, um, a GM for the game. Uh, she tells him it's like an MMMMORPG. And part of that has to deal with moms. I don't remember what the full acronym is, and I'm pretty sure it's, it would pro- probably portion uh, partially be in, Japanese I don't I don't remember <laughs> um look it up um but uh so Masato and Mamako I'm just gonna have to say it aren't I uh they go they go to this to this uh, video game world and they're allowed to pick out like they, they go through like the like the whole tutorial thing um and they're allowed to pick out weapons uh and Masato draws like this really cool looking sword and Mamako draws this, these two swords, and we find out like that each weapon has like something that it's really good at. Masato's sword is only good at hitting one target, and only if they're in the air. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> Mamako has two swords that are just AOE, like just destruction. Like one of them's fire, the other one's like water and ice, and she just swings her sword twice and obliterates crowds of enemies um so she's super op right off the bat uh when they get into the game it really is just masato throwing a fit like early on it's just him being like you know i don't want to say well i guess yeah like a spoiled shit he just doesn't want to you know hang out with i mean he's a teenager he doesn't want to hang out with his mom uh, and the game is designed so that, you know, he, he has to hang out with his mom. So like the first arc, which isn't really even an arc, it's really just the first episode is kind of him making amends with his mom. And uh, like he, you know, makes her sad because he doesn't want her to be in there. And after he makes her cry, he just is like, you know, I'm sorry. and 
<laughs> like it, it is the, sh- the shortest resolution to a character like because i thought this was going to be the entire anime turns out <sighs> it's first episode and it's kind of resolved he's still like like throughout the show masato is still um resentful kind of like not of his mom but of the fact that his mom is like way overpowered and it's it's a joke that's like uh, this is another thing like like you guys know i like comedy this like their jokes Uh they really overplay them like Mm. mamako uh like 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 a a horde of enemies coming uh masato getting ready and excited to you know to gain some of that sweet sweet xp um so that he can level up and then mamako just obliterating an entire army of 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 enemies with two swings that's a joke that gets played about a billion times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it does get a little annoying. Um, uh, the, the, I will say, though, like the first, f- uh, I want to say four episodes, I was pretty invested because it was, you know, it was pretty funny. Um, second episode, I believe they are like they uh, decide to form a party. Uh, and I think this is where uh, we meet. um uh, wise who is their mage and <laughs> porta who is their gopher uh she's she's <laughs> she's essentially picked by mamako because uh she's small and cute and like her only she has no combat ability she just carries around like a, a like she's like their bag of holding she just keeps all their stuff for hmm. them um it's the pack meal yeah she's essentially the pack meal she's really cute but like yeah she's there's there's there's, like nothing ever happens with porta like i kept thinking because like this again this is a game and they they explain it to you that you know you're supposed to be playing with your mom and porta doesn't have a mom apparently like i'm not that i've seen and maybe i'm forgetting something but um yeah she like they have like a little mini interview and porta just gets picked because she's cute and that she's she's nothing else after that except a running joke about hey look she's carrying all the stuff or hey look at how many mp potions you know she has to give people um wise on the other hand is a is a mage and this is where we kind of start to get into the uh what is like the a lot of the shit like the meat of the show um is is masato and mamako fixing other parents relationships um hmm uh wise it's like a three or four episode arc um where she left her mom behind because she was sick of her mom because her mom got into this world and kind of started deciding that um uh because her child was a burden because wise was a burden uh and now they're in this new world she's just gonna set herself up because she's an op mom like mamako uh to just be around hot guys all day which don't know where those guys moms are but whatever i guess uh we'll just kind of leave that alone it's kind of hinted at why some of these moms turn turn bad like later on um and i'll get into that but so they they you know have it out with wise's mom and uh essentially beat her and into saying oh okay i i guess i guess like her thing was like you know wise was a burden and she said it you know you know as a parent not something you should probably say out loud um but that was her thing and and like the evil that was infecting her was making her voice that thought um so they beat her and she's like okay i guess my kid's not so bad and 
she she leaves the game and Y sticks around and joins the party. And then we go to school for like, it's probably not six episodes. It felt so long. Wait, so you can leave the game? Okay, so the moms can leave the game. What? The, like, yeah, uh, they, again, no idea. Because they're supposed to be stuck here until they resolve their issues with their mom. Which which really begs the question why Masato and Mamako are still here and why they just stick around. Um, <sighs> but Wise and her mom make up. And then we never see Wise's mom again. <laughs> um, and uh, what do you call it? it? It's kind of played for a laugh again that, you know, Mamako is getting all the XP. So the ga- the GM set up uh, uh, like an event, like a classroom event where you go and you essentially do like a tutorial classroom thing, essentially going to school. And I really want to say it, it felt like no, yeah, it was like four or five episodes that we were in the school um, <laughs> where we meet uh, Medi, and Medi is a healer, and her deal is, like, her mom is with her, but her mom is, like, like, Mamako is overbearing, but, like, you know, she's just, I don't know how to say this, like, touchy-feely overbearing, like, you know, she, like, wants to hug her son, etc., etc. Medi's mom is more of, like, a what do they call him? Tiger parent? Like where she's, you know, her, her daughter has to be number one at everything. And, you know, she's always trying to set her daughter up for, you know, to be the, you know, the head of the class or whatever. Um, not letting her enjoy her life or have friends or anything like that. You know, like constantly making her study, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, she's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, and and the school, the school arc is really just... Medi's mom, and I think her name is actually just Medi Mama, <laughs> but Met- Medi's mom, uh, uh, like e- every episode is Medi's mom wants to get one over on Mamako because she wants to be the better mom. Mamako, like, surpasses her. Comedy ensues. Like that's that is like four or five episodes that I just saved you right there, because wow, thanks. And and well, not only that because it's the beta. Um, and they're in this classroom set up, setting, but like they're in this, you know, beta version of a of a classroom event. Uh, the animators didn't really have to work that hard because they they <laughs> had to set up a, like a class full of students. But the thing, like the excuse, I'm not sure if this is in the light novel, but I would hope not because it's super lazy. Is um, the characters that like they had to have characters to fill up this classroom, so the MPC teacher had features. The MPC okay. classmates were just the same version of a like a a body with a white nondescript head on it with either a bow or nothing on it to signify male or female. Um, and it's just there's so many of them. It's so stupid. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're we're in the school for a while, and it's it really is just that. It really is just Medi's mom trying to get Medi to do something to outdo Mamako or Medi herself trying to outdo Mamako as a parent and just continually failing because Mamako is pure and innocent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no idea where Masato's dad is, though. I'm just going to really quickly throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> no idea where that guy is. Um, uh, what else? Oh, so uh, towards the end of the that arc, uh, 
like Medi's mom has this staff with like a black gem on it, and it's revealed toward like at the end of the arc that it's this black gem that some of these parents have been getting that have been kind of making their their worst tendencies as parents come out. Um, and the GMs don't know anything about it, so which begs the question: Why can't you just turn the game off? Uh, but never mind that. I guess it's because comedy. Um, but uh, going back to where we were, at the end of the, the school arc, uh, Medi's mom um, uh, basically comes out and says, "You know, like I'm doing this for me uh, because I, you know, I want to be the best parent and stuff like that." Uh, her constant nagging and harassment gets on Medi's nerves so much that Medi turns into a dragon and starts attacking everyone. <laughs> uh, Mamako fights with Medi's mom uh, and like is able to break the the gem that was kind of screwing with her mind. So Medi's mom uh, stops being such a bitch and for lack of a better word, sorry. Um, uh-huh. And uh, eventually, they're able to to calm Medi down and turn her back from a dragon into a person. And uh, uh, what do you call it? They they make up um, towards the end of that one. Uh, it I got the the making up part at the end of it was pretty cute. The the rest of it was just bananas. Um, yeah. Uh, and then so uh, Medi's mom leaves the game. And Medi joins the party <laughs> because oh, we don't boy. see Medi small again. Uh, and yeah, they they it's pretty much here where we're like, okay, so these these gems are making parents kind of go nuts. The last arc is oh god, what was her name? It's like um, there's an event that's going on where there's like a a tower appears, and you know if you make it up uh, all uh, one hundred uh, floors of the tower. Uh, you get your wish granted, whatever your wish is. Okay. Uh, and there's a group of of people who are uh, led by a girl named uh, Amante, and Amante is uh, oh, uh, she's ball by herself. Like this is another character we don't see who the hell her parent is who's supposed to be here, but she leads like an anti mom coalition of kids oh of, i say <laughs> okay. kids one of them this guy named pochi there's no way he's a kid he is he's at least 40 um <laughs> he's huge um but uh, that like that um uh masato and his group they get a guild hall and as they're fixing it up uh, amante who has heard of the the legendary mamako who's i guess fixing relationships between moms and children is uh like she starts sending people out to get, you know, to get Mamako um, <laughs> with some stupid like there's one trap that they have. It's a bomb. And OK, but the bomb cries like a baby because oh, she's a mom. Okay. So, of course, she's uh-huh. and she disarms the bomb by comforting it. Oh, my <laughs> God. That part actually made me laugh. It was it's so stupid though. It's so fucking dumb. I mean, I was why I, if you if your goal if your goal <laughs> is to get rid of moms, why would you make it so that the thing that she would do that you think that she will do 
I'm hitting my mic. That, <laughs> why make that the thing that disarms it? She's, this is just poor planning. She's a, she's a really stupid villain, and and that's another thing. Like because she's she's got a she's got one of those little ticks um, that is played for laughs way too many times. Or again, Amante, she's um, um, her thing is is uh, she'll run into Masato and Mamako. She runs into them like at a there are at a department store getting stuff for the guild hall uh or when they're at like at a at an onsen you know because all these shows have to have an onsen episode um which it's it's played once for a laugh that like masato like they they're all going to take a bath with masato and that he's really embarrassed and it's never it's never brought up again because he's just in the bath with them I'm sorry, you can't pay me enough to have a bath with my mom. I, I, I love my mom, but no. Come on. Uh, maybe that's a Japanese thing. Anyway. Um, what was I? Where was I? Oh, yeah. So the thing that's played up for laughs, like they, they, they meet her in all these places and they ask her, what are you doing? Or like, you know, when, when they're asking her, well, what's your plan, et cetera, et cetera. And she'll tell them, she'll spill her guts, say the entire thing. And then at the end of that, she'll say, but it's not like I'm going to tell you that. And that's that is her recurring joke. Like, like she'll she'll just say the entire thing and say, "But it's not like I'm going to tell you that." It's played so many times, so many times that it's like, "All right, we get it. She's an idiot." Um, and like she really is. Like a lot of the a lot of the gags uh, in the dungeon are that are played for laughs. Or like she sets up a trap and she falls for it herself, or you know stuff like that. Um, Eventually, Mamako wins all of the the uh, rebellious kids aside from Amante over to her side uh, by bringing their moms to the dungeon. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. And the moms get the pa- the armor. Oh, what is it called? They, it's like a pun. It's like a mommer, a mommer, or something like that. It's like it's arm. It's just armor. <sighs> and it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't watch this, Logan. You would like you would have fucking hated this uh, show. I, just me describing it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is Amante the blonde girl? Yeah, she's the blonde girl. Okay, she, I dig her out or her. Uh, design. She's cute. I like her, but she but uh, like her yeah. joke was just it got real old real quick. Sure, 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 um, sure. But yeah, so so she uh, Mamako uh, gets gets all the uh, the moms to to you know get their kids back and all that stuff uh, eventually they reach the 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 top level and amante mm-hmm. is just about to you know to uh wish for uh, her thing was she wanted to wish for all the moms to be to be kicked out of that world just to have a world without moms um which i mean that that wouldn't have been terrible it just would have kicked him out of the video game but uh <laughs> as far as i can tell Although it did look like they just dove into the video game, like physically. Anyway, it, nothing's explained. Uh, uh, but before she can ask that, uh, <laughs> Mamako asks uh, Mas- uh, Masato like what what it was she was going to at, like wish for again, and he accidentally blurts it out: fresh eggs. So um, so a uh, hundred a hundred levels worth of dungeons and traps. And all four uh, eggs. <laughs> oh, my God. I would kill him. 
why 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 is that his wish i it, it, it was an accident it was compl- like he just blurred it just came out of his mouth because she had asked for it beforehand uh mamako had asked for it beforehand uh and and it just came out of his mouth i forget the exact setup for it it was it was it was another gag setup and that was the payoff um i really wish they'd gone with the dragon ball route um with the original wish on for from the dragon balls uh, i wish yeah. for <laughs> the panties. panties yeah uh <laughs> yeah um yeah, so uh, towards the end, like we we have we now have a and like it like well, I should say we I don't and it it is played up like there's going to be more of the show because Shirase uh is like oh now we have an intact version of of one of these gems that's you know twisting people's thoughts or whatever and uh, Amante is is uh is like riding away in a coach and she's like you know she's got a new plan uh, for Mamako. Um, so it is played up like there's going to be more of this show and good Lord, if there is, I will not be watching it. Uh, I, <laughs> like some of the show really did make me laugh. And early on I was, I was invested cause it's funny and like they did the whole, you know, uh, it sounds like they overplayed the gags way, way like, too much. And that's, that's yeah. me saying this. I'm very forgiving when it comes to comedy and I just could not deal with like I I don't often get bored in the middle of comedy but I was actively looking for other things to do while watching this show um and that's a really bad sign uh just not enough explained I mean I, you know what? I, I will say this this isn't one of those shows. Now that I'm thinking about it, I said before that it's not one of those shows that's trying to do two things at once. It really is just a straight comedy. The thing is, is it, it only has like three jokes that it uses over and over and over again. And I kind of wish they'd explained a lot more, even though it was a comedy. Um, I don't know. It was a comedy that just didn't hit any of the right the right nerves, and I feel like most of the people who watch this show kind of agree with me. Um, even those of us who love comedy, we just it, it just it didn't do anything for me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting with this one. I was, I guess, a different take on like the comedy isekai kind of genre. Uh, but I think where they messed up, like with comedy isekai, like the only comedy isekai I can think of right now is Konosuba. But the good thing about that is all the characters are unique and distinctive. Um, and well, they're scum. Uh, whereas <laughs> all these characters are very tropey. Wise is a tsundere. Um, Medi's kind of a yandere, kind of, kind of like a mean girl yandere. Uh, Shirase is is over the top. Um, Mamako's a mom. <laughs> I guess that's all. I, and then Porta's the cute one, and Masato's the the doofy, you know, freaking protagonist. There's just really not anything going on. And I was kind of hoping with, you know, like the weird, like bring your mom to a dungeon premise, we'd get something other than that. But all we got were tropes and and reused gags. And I really can't recommend this because I really don't want people to get bored <laughs> watching a show. Um, Especially not a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one 
the one sin of a comedy is if it fails to make you laugh. Well, you know, this one, it didn't, it, it, it did pretty good at the beginning. I liked the first, I want to say like three episodes. I, I was really invested thinking I was going to really enjoy this. And then they overstayed the crap out of their, their welcome. Um, yeah, it's always a shame. <laughs> yeah no when something like that happens I, uh trying to think what am i thinking for this show honestly like it doesn't do anything special and doesn't look particularly great 1.5 yeah it, it, it could have been it could like i i don't want to give it any worse because it wasn't worse than some of my least favorite comedies but yeah this one just not great not what I was hoping for. Which, then again, I don't know what I was hoping for. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least a, a good comedy make you laugh. I think that's what you were expecting, especially after the first few episodes. I do remember your reaction to this one being pretty positive in the, right in the beginning. So, too bad. Yeah, it's too bad it didn't, it didn't turn out. Uh, th- I mean, I think when it comes to comedy, I would never write a comedy because I'm just not that funny. Um, and sometimes I feel like some people just are not meant to write comedy. Yeah, so I maybe definitely got to respect those. the you know those those writers who can do who can do comedy. You know, it's oh, absolutely. especially those who can do it for for longer than a little while because I feel like you start to lose your edge after a while. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, you, anyone can come up with a couple funny jokes, but to continuously have that sense of humor is definitely uh, something to be respected. Yeah, I wonder if. It- plays better in written format yeah maybe Um, as a as a light novel maybe yeah so the next one i actually watched the first episode of with you guys the what right the next show what about it i watched the first episode at uh ax with you guys oh you did yeah yeah the first well yeah i think you left and midway through because i think we watched two episodes yeah we watched two. Um, yeah. And then you guys never watched another. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. Um, I think this was actually my number one pick uh, for the summer season, and that is Lord Elmoy II's case notes, or case files, rather, Rail Zeppelin Grace Note. A mouthful of a title, to be sure. Um, this is a another kind of entry in the Fate franchise, though a far different kind of show um, than Stay Night or Fate Zero or Unlimited Blade Works or Apocrypha, or... Apocrypha <laughs> or Fate Extra, pretty much or, any or, Carnival yeah. Phantasm, um, Heaven's Feel. <laughs> oh man, I want to watch Carnival Phantasm. I hope they bring it over someday. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, I watched it. Or, a yeah. while back. See a lot of good gifts out of it. Um, anyways, uh, the, the focus of this one is um, a gentleman named Lord El Malloy II, who is actually Waver Velvet from Fate Zero. Um, we find out that after he was spared during the Holy Grail War in Fate Zero, spoilers, um, he... Gasp. Kind of made... Gasp. <laughs> yeah, no one survives those things. Um, he came back uh, to the clock tower and um, through various means acquired the 
uh, I forget exactly how they refer to it as, but it's like the the family title uh, of Lord Elmoloy. Um, because it can't. It's not the magical crest because I don't. I think that was destroyed. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he he pretty much buys the family name, uh, Lord Elmoloy, uh, and the what everything that goes along with that. Um. The first episode that we saw at Anime Expo was kind of a flashback um, where we find uh, poor Waver hung upside down uh, by his feet. And he is in front of a young girl named Rainus uh, Elmoy Archisorte. Is that how you say that last name? All the names are far too complicated in this anime. <laughs> it's a fake name. Um, yeah. Um, and she's kind of questioning him as to why he has uh, acquired her family's name. Um, and we kind of learned that he, or how he got there was he, after the Grail War, like six months after or something like that, he was in... Um, What's a uh, what's the modern day name for it? It's not Babylonia or Mesopotamia, is it? It's uh, Iraq. I guess. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, that's I guess the they, modern they day name Iraq. for that area. Yeah, sure. Um, he's there. Um, he gets captured by a mage with uh, these mystic eyes that render him immobile. Um, he gets thrown into a cell there. Reunites with um, a friend of his, a friend in quotes named Melvin Waynes. Uh, who's a like insanely rich person um, who got suckered into being there. Um, they're able to escape there. Uh, on their way out, they find out that the, the person who trapped Waver and Melvin is looking for a relic of um, uh, Alexander the Great, who was Waver's servant in the Holy Grail War in Fate Zero. Um, and Waver decides to destroy the <laughs> mausoleum that they're kind of looking in this underground uh, tomb, essentially, and uh, ends up killing the the uh, magician, mage, mage, that's the word, the mage that was doing all this. Um, and when they get back to the clock tower, Waver beseeches Melvin to give him a loan for enough money to purchase the Umbloy name, uh, which he does because Melvin loves good stories. And that's why he lends money to people as long as they promise him a good story because he's that rich. <laughs> um, the second episode uh, is kind of the, the first real episode that kind of gives a, a clues of what kind of show this is going to be. Um, there is an episode zero where we are introduced to a character named Gray, um, who we don't really know a ton about other than that she has ties to the realm of death um, and that she uh, has some sort of tenuous relationship with Waver. Uh, Waver can't really seem to stand to look at her, um, but she's his apprentice. Uh, a, a, yeah, apprentice. Yes, that's how you say that. Um, so episode two is them 
being assigned to a case uh, by Rainus and Melvin uh, in an effort to help him pay off his loan. He gets sent on these missions to wealthy mage families who can't figure something out, and he kind of solves the problem. Um, so for this one, he's sent to the house of um, a mage named Ernest Fargo, uh, who is a... Um, oh, what was his branch of magecraft? I guess it doesn't really matter. It was like, it, it was Astro something. Um, and he's able to kind of, after taking in the situation, seeing everything, um, I want to say Astromancy, but that doesn't sound right. I don't know. Anyways, he's able to deduce that, uh, Ernest, in an attempt to, reach the I think they call it the seed which is like the root of magic um and he was Ernest was attempting to find everlasting life he dissected his body into like seven pieces spread it throughout the house and cast like the spell that was supposed to give him eternal life but for some reason it didn't quite work so he turns into like some huge like ghoul monster thing. Um, and we get to see gray in action for the first time, um, unlocking her weapon, uh, which she turns into a scythe. Um, her weapon is called, well, I guess the, Hmm. There's some spoilers behind that, which I'll get to in a little bit because I think it's interesting. And we're talking about, um, but Gray carries around this thing called Ad, uh, which is like a little cube uh, in like a little birdcage kind of a thing. Uh, anyways, that turns into a scythe, and she is able to suck the magical energy out of Ernest in his form and ends up killing him, sending him to wherever mages go. Probably hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, just you know, from in the what I've seen, universe, most mages, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that gets all resolved, and they go on their way. Um, and then the next few episodes are kind of just um, episodic, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, they each are one-off episodes. Um, where we kind of get introduced to more characters and to some subplots. Um, in the third episode, there's a tea shop that Waver really likes, and that's like the only way that he can actually get work done is if he's working there while he's sipping his tea or whatever. And apparently gets shut down for some reason. Uh, turns out that something is sucking the electricity out of the place. So um, with the help of <laughs> two of his students whose names are flat and Sven. Um, they go down into the sewers that are attached to this place um, and find that the, someone has set up a, a mage workshop down there um, trying to uncover some thing uh, and they're doing it illegally and they're stealing electricity and stuff like that. So, uh, they're able to shut that down. 
Um, uh, and then let me see. I mean, these are all kind of interesting episodes, but I didn't want to just go through each of them and give away everything because I think that would be kind of boring. <laughs> well, just, so um, just any any like big highlights. Like, what what was yeah, your I, favorite? Or what are your oh, favorites? Oh man, my favorite of, of of these episodes. Of these episodes, uh, there's an episode where it's uh, Rainus Gray and uh, Luvia, mm-hmm. uh, who were also introduced to at one point. I'm gonna have to go back and watch um, this damn show. You're gonna have to do because I think you would enjoy it immensely. Um, they get trapped inside a department store that Luvia owns. Her of family she owns. Does. Uh huh. <laughs> because she's rich and. Uh, very posh um and it's like uh like i don't know a bounded field gets put up and they're it's them trying to figure out how to get out of this thing um and it turns out that luvia and her family had put a kind of um how do i say it not spell but kind of like a a charm on the place attra- that attracts people and makes them more you know willing to spend money at the the shops and everything, and apparently, the, the I don't know totem. I guess is what I would call like the, there's there's a statue with a bunch of different magical gems implanted on it that's used as like the catalyst for this mm-hmm. thing. And apparently, it targeted Rainus, um, Gray, and uh, Luvia as like um I'm just struggling with words. <laughs> Uh, like, not irreplaceable, but like, invaluable, invaluable things that they didn't want to leave the store, so they locked down the store, um, and put up a bounded field so they couldn't leave because they're too valuable to let go. Uh, so they have to destroy the statue and stuff like that. It was a fun episode. It was really cute to see, uh, Rainus and Gray and Luvia kind of interact and have fun and go shopping it was a very kind of slice of life episode with a little bit of mystery and some action it was good it was a good one um there are some subplots that they kind of like hint at um in one of the episodes they go to a a workshop out in the middle of nowhere um because a couple deaths have happened out there it's on a ley line and like lightning's killing people um and we find out that there is a kind of entrance to the fairy world there, um, which I didn't know was a thing in the Fate universe, but fairies apparently are a big deal. Um, and we get introduced to, oh, what's his name? Oh, it's going to kill me. Um, he's in Apocrypha, I think, as Mordred's master. Oh, the necromancer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I never remember his name because he's not important. Mordred's more important, but Kyrie, Kyrie, oh, okay. Kyrie, Kyrie. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You're right. Um, anyways, he shows up, um, and we find out that you know the fairies are actually killing the people here, um, and in order to you know, defeat the fairies here. There's a guy that actually just is like a catalyst for these fairies that his father kind of set him up throughout his life as to be like the thing that draws the fairies here. Um, and so there's this big fight and the most interesting thing about this episode 
is that we get a glimpse into who Gray kind of is. Um, we find out that she wields. I'm not going to be able to say this right. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, they, uh, okay. Rongomniad? Rongomniad. Oh, the spear. King King yeah, Arthur's the, holy the spear. The spear she killed uh, uh, Mordred with. Yes. It turns out that she is able to wield that, and that um, is what her essentially weapon is, that she's able to turn into a scythe, and then she turns it into the spear. Um, I think later on they mentioned that it's not the real one um but the power is no less diminished um and that she has some sort of tie to king arthur um and i thought it was funny in a lot of ways because i, I remember distinctly when we were kind of doing the uh the draft cast for this mm-hmm. one i remember jeff mentioning that gray looked like a saber face <laughs> um and I didn't see it, and I still don't think she necessarily looks like a saber face, uh, especially with her hood on. But once you take her hood off, she has the saber hair, uh, the kind of braided and um, stylized hair that saber wears. Um, and apparently she has some sort of tie to King Arthur. So good catch, Jeff. That's uh, <laughs> plus one points for you. Can um, I use that as XP? Yes, yes. I'll uh, I'll talk to Deej about it. <laughs> Um, let's see that one, that one. Yeah. So I think that's the, the main things to touch on, uh, astromancy, the fairies, all of that. And then kind of another subplot that is kind of going on is that, uh, waiver has a lot of regrets about the, the Holy Grail war. Um, and he, desperately wants to find a way to be able to talk to um writer iskandar uh writer again yeah iskandar um and we find out that this is right around the time where um the holy grail war would be taking place in uh, fuyuki again um and he's trying to find a way to go back to uh fuyuki oh, for the, the holy the grail stay war night. Grail War. The Stay Night one, yeah. Because um, they show the two uh, mages that are supposed to be sent there. Um, uh, Lancer's Master and uh, Casters. Okay. Um, but because he still has the piece of Iskandar's robe, I believe it is, uh, that he used as the catalyst, the catalyst to summon him. Uh, for the Fate Zero War. Um, but that is stolen from him. And in its place is left a a letter telling him to board what's called the Rail Zeppelin um, to get it back. Um, we find out that the Rail Zeppelin is a train that um, you are only able to board if you have an invitation. Um, and that on this train... A Mystic Eyes auction takes place. So Mystic Eyes are eyes that are able to do 
and uncommon magic, I guess. Um, Mystic eyes are kind of a uh, thing that come up a lot during the show. We see in the the first episode the one mage that captures Waver has Mystic eyes that can, um, you know, lock you down, make you unable to move. Uh, Rainus has Mystic eyes. I don't know what they do. They never really explain it, other than that her eyes become super red whenever uh, strong magic is present, and they hurt her uh, for whatever reason. Um, and so he has to go on this train where this auction is going to take place, um, and we are kind of introduced to a whole nother cast of characters, and the rest of the show pretty much takes place on this train. Um, it's a six episode arc and then there's one final like wrap up episode. Um, some names worth mentioning. Um, I guess there's only one that people would know and that is Olga Marie, um, of Animosphere of, uh, Fate Go Fame. The, uh, the daughter of the director for oh, Chaldea. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the kind of white-haired girl. Yeah, yeah. the one yeah. you see all yep. of like one singularity. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame. Um, she's so she's so tragic, and I love her a lot. And it's just sad to kind of see how her life has gone up to where she. Wait, she's alive. Mm, She's alive. Weird. Because this is before. So we had to kind of think about this. So Fake Go takes place in like 2014. Mm-hmm. Um. So. And the 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 Stay Night Grail War takes place in 2004. Yeah. So this is like 10 years after. So we're thinking she's about 13, 14 ish. Um, in in uh, in this anime. Young teen. Okay. Um, she's there just like everyone else on this train to um, get mystic eyes that are important. Um, at least that's the uh, public reason. Uh, we come to find out that there are a lot of different reasons for a lot of different people to be on this train. Um, there. Let me see. I need to find some names here. There is a priest of the church named Carbo Frampton, um, who everyone is shocked that's on this train because apparently the mages in the church don't have a good relationship, shockingly. After, after um, the Zero War, I imagine not. <laughs> um, there is... Um, let me see. Some other people... Oh my God, there's so many, so many just insane names in the <laughs> show. Um, oh, what is her name? Where is she? There's a student in uh, Waver's class. Oh, there she is, Yvette L. Lehrman. Um, and like, it's hilarious watching the show because most of the characters aren't like super crazily out of place. Um, and then you see like the first shot of the classroom and this girl pops up and you're like, okay, well, uh, you're going to be important at some point, uh, cause there's no <laughs> way you're not, uh, pink hair, a 
star-shaped uh, eye uh, patch, a little top hat. Um, yeah, and nothing normal about this girl. Uh, her shtick for most of the show is that uh, she wants to be Waver's mistress. Um, so that's a recurring bit. Um, it's like when you're playing one of those video games, like an RPG, where you've got that generic kind of villager art, and suddenly you meet a villager that's got different art, and yeah. you're just like, yeah, there's something about you, villager. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to meet you again. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, then there's, I guess, one more important person is a lady named Hishiri Adashino, um, who works for, oh, what does she work for? Some department of magic. Um, she was around in the uh, the fairy episode. Um, I guess it doesn't really uh, policy. She works for policies, um, and so she's on this train to kind of keep tabs on everything. Uh, we find out that policies kind of controls the media and what. Uh, is kind of said about certain incidents and stuff like that. Um, we find out that there has been a slew of mage murders, uh, specifically people with mystic eyes. Um, at least there was a few years ago, um, where people with mystic eyes would have their heads cut off and only their bodies would be found. Um, and it turns out that the policies department has been kind of keeping that uh, muffled, so no one really knew what was going on. Um, and that's the thing that kind of comes up here. Um, let me see. So everything's going all right on the train for the most part. Um, and then uh, someone kind of takes control of the train. There are these uh, kind of like crew members that um, are running the auction and the train and um, they somehow are, uh, they lose control of the train and it is directed into this force-like thing where they're kind of stuck for a while. Um, and at this point, is when Olga's um, kind of travel partner, assistant, I guess, is murdered. Um, and she has mystic eyes that are able to see the future. Um, and then it becomes kind of a case on figuring out why she was murdered and the connection to... Um, these murders that took place several years ago uh, for people with mystic eyes. Um, we find out that the church guy has uh, mystic eyes able to see people's pasts if he touches them. Um, though he doesn't necessarily have control of uh, how much he sees um, or even necessarily when he can see stuff. Um, uh, RNG powers. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I don't know how much I really want to spoil the end of this one because 
I do think this one, especially for you, Carlos, and I assume you would enjoy this as well, Jeff. I think the ending's kind of uh, an interesting way. Well, to wrap things does up, does it does like does it hint that it can continue, or is it just like this is it? No, no, I, it could definitely continue. Um, we do find out who, like, there is like a big bad uh, in this show. Um, and uh, they kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I didn't know who they were or anything until like right as they showed up. Um, I do think that there could be more of the show, and I certainly hope there is because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I love kind of slower kind of mysteries, um, especially mysteries that aren't, you know, steeped in just grotesque violence, um, which is kind of shocking because I feel like that's kind of what fate is good at is violence mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, so this was kind of a departure, um, and one that I appreciated and enjoyed, um, the ending was was pretty good. Um, like I said, they could definitely continue on. A lot of things that aren't wrapped up. Um, like the biggest complaint I have about the show is we really sto- uh, still know next to nothing about Grey. Um, other than that she can wield um, the spear and that she has some sort of connection to Saber. We don't know where she came from um, or who she really is. Or what, you know, her ties to the realm of death are and stuff like that that have been hinted at before. Um, But I would say if you like Fate, um, especially if you like Waver Velvet as a character, I think this is a uh, well worth a watch, to say the least. Waver's not my favorite character from, um, from... Fate Zero, but I think him and uh, uh, him and Iskandar had my favorite master servant relationship in Fate Zero. So sure, sure, yeah, yeah. No definitely doubt. one I want to give a shot. Yeah, and as someone like I myself dropped Fate Zero, I never finished it. I think I only got like five or six episodes in. Uh, did not like it in any way. Um, but I still sought this one out uh, and really, really enjoyed it. So don't let you know Fate Zero be a uh, detractor if uh, you did not enjoy Fate Zero because it doesn't really matter much at all. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You guys have any questions or anything? Any burning thoughts? Not really. <laughs> like this is a show yeah. I plan to watch um, eventually. Hopefully, like if it, mm-hmm. if this ever gets another season announced, I'll probably end up binging it then. Sure. Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to end up happening for me if I ever do end up watching this show. I think the I, w- I will say the first episode that I watched at AX didn't really didn't really do a great job of gripping me, but I think I was sure. exhausted too at the same time, <laughs> so I almost don't yeah. want to like you know take that too seriously. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The lights were off and I was wanting to, I think I may even did fall asleep at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a huge departure. It sounds like from what fate normally does. So uh, pretty, 
pretty interesting and something who knows yeah yeah what do you got for a score on this one um i'm gonna give this one a four and a half out of five um nice really 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 enjoyed it but it didn't answer enough questions for me to be like yes it's fantastic it's perfect yeah um but very enjoyable and one that i will definitely um be looking forward to more hopefully um also Rainus is fantastic i think she was my favorite character she's not in it a ton but i just love her personality and everything about her so she may grow up to be a scumbag uh mage but she's fantastic <laughs> that's the only thing that matters okay uh so the next show is mine another one that i drafted <clears throat> um this is a show that is on uh, High Dive, which is why I feel like a whole lot of people haven't seen it, uh, which is a damn shame. Um, it was... so oh, there are a lot of... Oh, wait, no, sorry. This was done by Studio uh, LeDuce, who have done uh, <laughs> uh, the Fate Grand Order movie. Um, let me see here. Yuri Yuri uh release the spice yeah i think i was taking a risk on that this one because i haven't seen a whole lot of of these the shows that they've done uh but i'm uh, just gonna come right out and say i was pl- uh, very pleasantly surprised by this show this is yeah. did you mention that mario kata did this one no i haven't even mentioned the name of the show <laughs> ah i see <laughs> yeah but mario kata did this show this is um oh maidens in your savage season um Again, uh, high dive, uh, 12 episodes, um, start and finish. Like it, 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 this one does end. So I doubt there's going to be any more of this show. Very much doubt. Um, but, uh, th- this show follows a, a high school literature club, uh, an all female high school literature club, but not in an all female school. Um, and these girls are, <laughs> very interested in sex um not how do i say this not <laughs> in like the i don't know in in the way that like whenever you know students are normally portrayed as being interested in sex are i mean they are interested in it but it's because they're a literature club and because they're well all young and what uh what not it's it's more just they're interested in it because it's something they read about a lot and you know they're curious about it and all in their their own different ways um each character kind of has their own little storyline that's going on during each episode there's no there's not really any arcs it's like every episode the girls are going through their own things um but then they all kind of just come together for the club uh so i'll just kind of go over one character at a time uh, kind of our main character is uh, Kazusa Onodera, who is uh, uh, the childhood friend uh, of uh, uh, Izumi uh, Norimoto. Um, and as she's grown up, she has, you know, developed romantic. Actually, early on, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of romantic tension, but she does develop romantic feelings for Izumi. Uh, her former childhood friend. Um, and her story is, you know, trying to deal, cope with those feelings and, you know, 
catches attention, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's Rika Sonezaki, who is the president of the literature, literature club, who is the kind of like the uh, the typical ponytail, glasses, nerdy, you know, type girl, but she's very loud and outspoken. Um, not huh. not loud and outspoken. I would say she's very like she's usually pretty quiet, but she's she's not afraid to say what's on her mind, and she she'll do so loudly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's better because <laughs> like yeah, um, she's great. I she's my favorite character. I'm just gonna come right out and say that she's she's okay. absolutely the best. Um, uh, because her story actually starts to pay out. Her her thing is is she's you know uh because she's dressed incredibly modestly she and is constantly studying and constantly reading and stuff like that like some of the other people in her classroom uh kind of give her shit uh, but there's one boy in in the class named shun amagi who uh you know he, like he he just kind of makes subtle comments about how um he you know he likes her thinks she's cool essentially and um at one point says that he thinks she actually looks like a like a model um and as her story progresses she'll you know uh put on contact stitch the glasses that kind of storyline um and mm. people will start to see her for you know for who she is rather than how she looks um and i like her too because she's she's got a um she makes friends with the the classroom uh uh, Gyaru, uh named Sonoe, okay. um, who she gets her own little story that I actually, actually really enjoyed. Anyway, uh, then there's uh, Hongo. Uh, I think it's Hitoha Hongo. Uh, she is an aspiring writer and she's actually got a deal with um, like a, uh, a publishing company uh, to write, you know, something. Uh, but every proposal she writes uh, gets rejected because uh, the her uh, editor says that like her whenever she tries to write a sex scene, she sounds like an like it sounds like an old man, like you know a dirty old man <laughs> is writing it. Um, and that's because uh, her story is she's she starts out um, writing uh, or I guess. Uh, like instant messaging on like just some random dude and kind of like i guess sexting to kind of build up you know that knowledge of of how to write about sex <laughs> um and yeah, of course it, you know writing about it like that and writing about it in a professional sense would be different um i'll just like so so her story develops i'm gonna like kind of pull back here like this her story uh-huh is where I started to kind of fall in love with the show. It's early on because she's so desperate to like another, a younger writer um, gets picked up and they're like, we're going to run with her manuscript because your manuscript is shit. She's so desperate to nail, you know, these sex scenes that she messages the guy that she's been messaging. Uh, Do you want to meet up in real life? And when they meet in real life, like I actually, I had a moment where like, I had like, but like, I could feel the, like my stomach drop during the scene because I'm like, oh, please don't let anything bad happen to these characters. Like, when I realized I was having that reaction, like the the show was doing this to me, I was like, holy shit, this is a good uh-huh. show. 
<laughs> because I, <sighs> I I was very I was very early on I was invested in these characters, especially Hongo. Um, it turns out the person she was messaging uh, was a teacher at her school. <laughs> Oh, yeah. damn. So this okay. plays into some later stuff. Uh, the teacher, who is actually a very good guy, uh, he was just, you know, trying to look for a little action online and unfortunately ran into an underage girl. Uh, I mean... Which... What, what girl is uh, this? Hongo. Yeah, Hitoha Hongo, the uh, black short hair. Okay, okay. Um, sure, sure. And this is actually how the girls get uh, the teacher, who is uh, uh, Yamagishi Sensei, they get him to okay. uh, become their their advisor for the the literature club, because uh-huh. of course uh, the literature club, Black the male. literature club, uh, like any other club in any other club show, uh, gets threatened to be shut down for um, sure. What was theirs? It was like impropriety or uh, lewdness or something like that. Because they you know they write on the board often about the stuff they read in books. Especially when they're romance books and especially when they involve sex. And they, I love, okay, so before I get into the last two characters, they come up. So, uh, you know, like when you're a kid and, you know, you're, you're a kid or young adult or whatever, and you're too embarrassed to say the word sex out loud. So you say like SEX or something like that. Or I'm still there, man. <laughs> <laughs> that derailed the shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's perfect. <laughs> God damn it, Luke. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> oh well they come up with a they came up with a, a way to say it which as someone who's learning japanese i love they say essi batsu because batsu ba- okay. is, is the is kind of like their word for x like well like uh whenever you want it like like uh, whenever you're doing like true or false in japanese they'll say maru or batsu instead of true or false maru oh, you know, okay, for circle sure. that's that's correct Batsu for, for yeah, okay. so Essie So it, it's kind of like a double entendre because it's like X, but Batsu also is kind of like nah. a bad thing. So yeah, anyway, sorry. Mm. Japanese Japanese language <laughs> nerd stuff. Anyway. Uh but yeah. So so they're writing stuff like that on the board and they almost get shut down. And the Some of what I've been thinking as you've been talking about this, especially that comment, is kind of nostalgic in a way. I think when you're young and the idea of sex is so kind of far away from what you, your experiences. Um, it, it sounds interesting the way they portrayed it's that kind of part in a lot of people's lives. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, following up is Momoko, uh, Momoko Sudo, uh, who is, um, uh, Kazusa's, uh, best friend. Uh, her story to me is the weakest, but it could have been the strongest. Um, Momoko starts out, uh, she, she's just kind of giving advice to the other girls, especially Kazusa, um, trying to, you know, buck her up and stuff like that. Um, eventually, uh, a boy from another school starts to take a liking to her, and um, they kind of go out. Not really. It's just, it's just like they're your physically seeing each other they're not seeing each other um but he's you know trying to edge his way in and eventually she just gets annoyed with him and she actually lashes out at him which i loved i love that fucking scene because he's Mm. annoying he was annoying kid and he was like trying to essentially kind of push her into a relationship she didn't want to be in and you know she kind of blows up at him um and and breaks it off and all that good stuff um 
the reason I say it's the weakest is because later on in the show, it's kind of hinted that she might be a lesbian uh, because she gains mm. feelings for one of the other girls. Um, but they never really explore that a whole lot. But to be fair, mm. and this is one of the complaints I'm going to have, um, the show's only 12 episodes. They only had 12 episodes to go. So a few of the storylines feel a little rushed. Uh, and hers yeah. definitely felt rushed. Um Although I no, I won't say rushed. Hers felt like it was probably the only one that just didn't go. And no, there was another one, but that one definitely didn't go anywhere. But I mean, there's hope for the future for her. You know, um, that kind of thing is is not something that usually gets sorted out in high. Well, relationships aren't usually something that gets sorted out in high school. Um, usually. Anyway, uh, the final character is Nina uh, Sugawara, who she has an interesting life. Uh, she <laughs> was a like a childhood stage actress um, whose uh, whose uh, instructor was kind of a pedophile. Um, mm, didn't nice. doesn't touch any of the girls, like not yeah, or like doesn't do anything overtly sexual around them. But he's his whole thing is like, once you're touched by a man, you lose your girlhood, and I'm just not interested in you anymore. And it's like, all right, man, you need to chill. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck, you are. He's a super creeper. Like he's kind of he's what you would call an antagonist in this show because he's constantly okay. egging Nina on. Because Nina is a very very beautiful girl, like exceedingly beautiful, um, and she's trying to you know befriend uh the other girls in the club but nina's problem is because she's so good looking uh in the past uh people who were supposed to be friendly with her would always talk behind her back and say that she was trying to steal their boyfriends or whatever you know like that kind of thing uh hmm. and that does come up in this show uh between kazusa and nina and it's played down early on and then it's kind of the um it's kind of the the main conflict towards the end is that Nina actually does realize that she does have feelings for Izumi, uh, which is, you know, Kazusa's childhood friend. And Izumi uh -huh. realizes that he is sexually attracted to Nina. And I, I really, mm. really, really enjoy the resolution for that conflict. Uh, it's at the it's okay. at the very the very last episode. Uh, but let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Um yeah, I, I feel like I could just cover it like that because every episode is little bits of everyone's stories all mingled in. I really, I love the fact that it wasn't arcs, that we we didn't stop following one character to follow another character, that each episode, those stories that I was telling you about uh, progressed a little bit farther, but in the context of everybody's everybody else's lives, you know, moving at the same time. Uh, I think it was mm. very, very well done in that way. Um, um Oh god, okay. And I have to say like uh Yeah, I don't I don't want to go episode by episode, so I'm just I'm going to spoil stuff. No. Okay, uh, that's fine. Unless you want to watch this. If you want to watch this, I will stop. I will I will not spoil anything. Um <sighs> Um I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I is this the kind of show you think I would enjoy? I don't know. That's the thing. It's because there's some there's there, there oh, are some shit. there there are some storylines I know you would absolutely like Sonazaki's storyline. I love because there is a resolution to the romance, and uh, hmm. the 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 
I, I guess what you would call like the the moments of victory for these characters, for lack of a better term, the the high moments for Sonazaki feel so fucking good. Like when she when she kind of comes out of her shell, it feels really good. When she gets into a relationship, that episode was so good. When she transcends kind of like her shyness in the relationship to you know to actually being willing to you know be around her boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, every every <laughs> bit of her storyline made me so happy. Um, Kazusa's story was was pretty good too. It wasn't as good. Um, Izumi's kind of wishy washy till the end. I liked him at the end a lot better. Um, Hongo's storyline doesn't really get a resolution. She's she becomes very interested in the teacher, but the teacher being hmm. well a teacher, he's like no. A teacher. Yeah. And, oh, he, he's he's also he's he himself. He's interested in uh, in another teacher. So they kind of got like this oh, okay. triangle where one of the participants has no idea she's even a part of it. Uh, <laughs> again, Momoko's storyline um, is awesome at the beginning because you know I I love the fact that they showed a relationship that just didn't work because you know one of the people was totally not fucking down, and you know the fact that it is 100% okay to tell somebody to piss off when they're being annoying. Um, but again, like they, they set you up with this. She's probably interested in girls or she might be interested in girls and they kind of backpedal and she doesn't really get anything. She's just a good friend, mm. which is, yeah, that's fine. But I'm like, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go all the way with the storyline about that kind of thing in this day and age, just go all the way with it. Don't puss out. Come on. G give me a <laughs> fucking story. I mean, uh, not everyone needs a love interest. Just tell me, yeah, she's a lesbian. And then there's like, at, at the end of the last episode, there's a, there's like a, a little bit of like, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, showing the characters as they are afterwards. Cause, um, uh, Sonazaki is a senior, so she graduates, and we get to see her after. And then, like, we get to see the club as it is with you know new members and the girls and stuff like that. All I'm asking is, give Momoko a girl interest right there. Like, like uh, she passes another girl and she blushes. Bam! I know she's going after that girl. I don't need to see that the rest of that anymore. Like, give me resolution anyway. And um, yeah, Nina Nina doesn't really get a whole lot of resolution either. I mean, kind of in the final episode uh but and she does mm, she does get back at 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 her uh uh old pedophile stage director or whatever so that was pretty satisfying too <sighs> um <laughs> but yeah I, I can spoil a lot more but i will say like this show this is probably my show of the season that's not continuing like it's definitely mm. my show yeah it's probably my show of the season uh because it just it does so much right with like jeff was saying uh uh telling a story from this period in your life um or this period and you know in like kind of puberty and adolescence and the whole teenage thing um and i like mm. it because it tells the story from a female perspective uh, because when I when I drafted the show and when I started watching it, I was getting kind of American Pie vibes, um, which is you know that's a comedy movie. But I think we actually even said that when we when you drafted yeah. it, yeah, 
but instead of just like a straight up comedy, it take it it takes a more serious approach. Like you know, like what I'm saying is, uh, like a lot of stories um, take the viewpoint of like adolescent sexuality from the male perspective, which you know it's fine. It's it's not hard to see, you know, young young men in there, you know, like uh, kind of being awakened to that kind of thing. You see it all the like all the time with like you know, back in the day, porno mags, and nowadays it's porn sites or whatever, you know, whatever they're discovering and shit like that. It's not hard to portray, whereas I think it's more interesting to portray that from the other perspective because women and girls also have a sex drive. Um, so sure. I I love this story for that. Um, well, I mean, you've definitely... I think convinced me to give it yeah, a look. I, I really loved it. Um, so. I Like I said, though, just don't expect resolutions for everything, but where there are resolutions, they're sure. fantastic. Carlos, let me tell you, as a fan of romance anime, <laughs> I never expect a resolution. This is true. <laughs> um, but you don't expect more from this? No, I don't think there's ever going to be any more. Okay, because they just released volume four of the manga yesterday. I mean, maybe, but like... I, I I'm not sure if I'd want a show without Sonazaki. Was there, was there, yeah, was there anything about an overnight trip in the anime? Ooh, an overnight trip. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll throw you the link for the the manga, but yeah, maybe they are continuing it in some form or fashion. Maybe I mean, maybe but... they just carry on if they carry on without without Sonazaki. I mean, I guess. If they just, or maybe they'll follow all the girls. Maybe they follow Sonozaki into college. That'd be yeah, cool. You know, I mean, if, so if there's more, I would absolutely be down for more. Um, I would actually be down for more too because, and I am going to spoil this because it comes sure. up almost apropos of nothing. Uh, but like I said, Sonozaki uh, becomes friend with uh, one of the Gyarus in her class. Uh, her name is Sonoe Junjo. Uh-huh. Or Jujo. And um, Sonoe, uh, it's kind of, um, it's explained that she's got a boyfriend and her boyfriend goes to another school. And when we meet that boyfriend, uh, at like the, the school, um, uh, culture festival and, and then like, I believe it's at ep- on episode like 11, just like at the beginning of episode 11, you find out that she's pregnant. Sonoy is, and we never see her again. She's pregnant huh. and she's dropped out of school. Um, and I didn't like this because it w- it felt like really rushed. But to be fair, a sure. Sonoy is a supporting character. We don't we don't follow her a lot. But what it what it does is it, it really makes me love like uh, Sonazaki more uh, because her like everybody else's reaction is I won't I won't say very like it is very Japanese, but it's very human. Like just you know, you know the rumor mill starts up and and then. You know, people, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, prudes, you know, pearl clutching and saying, oh, I can't believe it. And how could she not use protection? And Sonozaki is just like, fuck all of you guys. Like, she clearly loved this guy and all this stuff. And I'm like, as as the product of a teenage pregnancy, I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, What? uh, So are they all, I guess, Sonozaki is older than the others. She's a senior, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, okay, and, and Momoko, Kazusa, Momoko, and Nina, I believe, are freshmen, and uh, Hongo is uh, a sophomore. Okay. Actually, 
I should put this into Japanese Maybe perspective. Junior and uh, yeah, junior and a sophomore. Thir- <laughs> a third year, a second year, and three first years. Okay, um, okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh but like at at the in the ending little um little blurb, uh Sonozaki checks her phone and there's a picture. She she gets a picture from uh from Sonoe of her and her now husband and their baby. And I'm like, oh that's nice. So oh, I'm cool. like I you know what? I appreciate yes, that kind of thing. I, I I liked it for the message it said because like, yeah, teenage pregnancy, it's very not ideal, not in the slightest. But you shouldn't shit on people no. just because, you know, just because they had a fuck yeah. up. As long as the fuck up's not meth or something like that, then you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's a fantastic show. And it it really I, I feel like it deserves a lot more recognition than it got because what it got was nothing because unfortunately oh not nothing that's not true like a, a few people in our discord um have you know we're, we're talking about it quite a bit uh but um uh I, I feel like high dive it being on high dive didn't help it out a lot the fact that it's on high dive is why i haven't already added it to my queue to start watching it i just i <laughs> it, yeah i paid for high dive for about six months and i just didn't watch it very much because they are very inconsistent as far as what their catalog is. Yeah, and they usually only get like one exclusive. Oh, and this was their exclusive for this one. But you know what? Hell of an exclusive. <laughs> um, I yeah. can't recommend it enough. Um, I will, again, I can't reiterate enough that it's a little rushed at the ending. And that's why I'd probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. Because as much as I okay. absolutely adored the story, I feel like they could have fleshed out a lot more of it than they did but yes absolutely sure. go watch oh mains in your savage season it is my show or my my top show for the summer season might be my top show for the year if this year uh, i don't know have i given anything a 10 yeah. uh yeah real girl no oh, um, and um i think i gave dororo a five as well yeah anyway but yes oh mains in your yeah. savage season go watch it it gets you a high dive or a verve subscription and and uh dive into all the wonder that is uh literature club uh geeky girls talking about sex a lot fantastic <laughs> <laughs> those are some interesting years i, I don't want to <laughs> no, go back God, that's for, for sure God but sakes, no <laughs> oh god um, please kill me <laughs> i just remembering the shit i do <laughs> You know, yeah, it's actually... You a, could do it differently, Carlos. You could do it differently. It, it's kind of a thought that came up as I was watching the show I'm about to talk about in that um, kind of it's interesting how we spend our entire lives kind of wishing we could go back in a way and relive and do different things maybe in some cases our childhood lives. But when you really think about it, man, were those awkward years and they were not... You know, you, you kind of romanticize them as an adult, but it's not... I don't. I don't think I want to go back. <laughs> if I was given the choice, I, I think I'm. I'm very happy in my 30s. <laughs> um, but it's funny because I was just thinking about this, and I was uh, I was talking to my wife about it uh, as I was watching Fruits Basket, which was um, the last show we're reviewing today, and it was a show that I've been watching now for two cores. So it's a long awaited review for me to talk to you guys about fruits basket. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who's watched any of this, right? Uh, um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
Fruits Basket uh, remake, actually, rebooted from the original series from back in the early 2000s. And honestly, I never watched the original series, never read the manga, never really knew much about Fruits Basket. Honestly, even the premise of the show uh, was kind of lost on me. All I really knew was back when I was kind of a young anime fan, this was a show that had been recommended to me as um, uh, a good show by a friend that introduced me to a lot of kind of the non-Dragon Ball Z, uh, Naruto, Pokemon style animes, uh, animes, oh God, um, <laughs> at the time. So it was a show that was always kind of on my radar, but I never got around to watching it. So obviously when the opportunity came to draft the new version of it, I, I jumped right on it. Um, and here we are, I'm reviewing the first season of Fruits Basket. So essentially the story, uh, Toru, is a girl who um, starts out in a really bad place. Uh, basically, she's living in a tent in the woods. Um, both of her parents died, and she, at, for I think a short period, she was living with a grandfather, and she ended up leaving there. Um, so I just don't think she was getting along with um, the other. I don't know if they were cousins or what, but um, uh, things were were not good at the grandfather's house, needless to say. So poor Toru was living in a tent in the woods um, after her mother. Her mother had passed relatively recently, I believe. Uh, and going to school, living life as if, you know, she's okay. Because you, you'll find, um, I'll talk about Toru quite a bit because she is the main character, obviously. But she really is... Um, she always has a smile on her face. She always puts a positive kind of light into everything that happens in the show. And um, uh, she runs into some of the Soma family, who is uh, basically the bad boy in school, the the most popular, you know, they call him the prince. He's the, the most popular, attractive guy in school. Um, and she kind of runs into them and they, they notice, I think she's living and this is back in the first episode. So forgive me if, if for anyone who's watched this, that remembers better than I do exactly how this all went down. But, um, they essentially find out she's living in a tent in the woods and they, uh, they kind of invite her in <laughs> to their home. Um, uh, the other is, uh, Shigure who is the, so it's Yuki who's the prince. Uh, Kyo is the kind of orange haired bad boy. And Shigure is the kind of big brother slash fatherly kind of figure. Um, they're all part of the same Soma clan or family. Um, so you end up finding out that this entire family has a secret in that they are all possessed by the Zodiac spirits. So each one of these characters in the Soma family have um, the, a Zodiac animal uh, that they that's part of them. And essentially, uh, at different points, um, and you find out because when she hugs, I can't remember who she hugs or how it happens, but um, when they're hugged by a member of the opposite sex, they change into their Zodiac animal. And it's kind of a cute, little playful, funny, awkward moment when she finds out that uh, Kyo, the bad boy, is the cat. Um, Yuki is the rat. And so they feud a lot. They're kind of, they have that brotherly feud thing going on. And I don't even remember what Shigure is because I think he's want to say maybe he's the dog, but I have to check that. Um, so essentially then starts, uh, yeah, Shigure, the, the fatherly big brother figure is the, the dog. Um, 
kind of starts her life at that point living with the Soma family, who uh, at first it's very playful, um, kind of fun, kind of light comedy, I guess, very um, tensions, I'd say. I mean, I think Kyo and Yuki both kind of like Toru in a way, but that builds throughout the show. Um, you start to find out, though, that... <laughs> This family's got some serious issues. I, this whole Zodiac thing is not just like a cute little they turn into fluffy animals thing. Like it's actually kind of a curse. And um, you start to throughout the episodes meet um, each of the other members of the family uh, as they kind of come to visit uh, Shigure's house. <laughs> um, and you each time you meet them, you know, some of them are <laughs> – each of them kind of have a problem, I guess. And that's one of the things with the show is like it plays out. Overall, it advances a very, very steady storyline of Toru kind of becoming part of this family in a way. Um, but as you meet each of these characters, they each have an issue. It's like an emotional issue or a um, some drama that's going on in their life. And as it plays out, Toru and her positivity. I mean, Toru is a saint. Let's. I'm just going to be real. The, the, <laughs> the girl is like all smiles and rainbows and everything is good. And considering the stuff she's gone through, I mean, it's almost unrealistic how happy and positive she is. Um, and essentially the formula that plays out is she finds out kind of what their inner turmoil is. And through the power of love and happiness and and acceptance, she's able to kind of resolve their problem. Um, this is kind of one of the weaknesses of the show for me, uh, in that I really liked Toru's relationship with the immediate family of the two boys and, and the guy. Um, uh -huh. I felt like there was far too much time in between the advancements of that kind of, that kind of cell, uh, um, what do you call it? That kind of immediate family, so to speak, uh, as they went off to introduce you to these other Zodiac characters. And especially when it came to the fact that these other Zodiac characters, these other, um, you know, the, the other family members that came over, a lot of them were really um, annoying and obnoxious. Uh, and it just, it was, it, it parts that felt like a real slog for me to get through some of these episodes because these characters were just, they felt so irredeemable. And I know the show was kind of like, you know, they're just dealing with something really bad. And it's so, you know, you have to be understanding that they're, they're, they're a complete prick because there's some really bad things happening and they're jealous or they're, um, you know, someone told them they were ugly one day or, uh, you know, they are, you know, feel like they're overshadowed by their sister or something, you know? Um, so that was kind of, honestly, I'll just come out and say it. This show was actually kind of a slog for me to get through. Um, because of that, I think, uh, it just had a very slow pace. Um, and in a way, I think that that's really a positive thing for, in some cases for some people, maybe because it, it does have that kind of, um, nice positive message that comes amongst these kind of Toru solving this family's problems. Cause really it's like the Saint Toru coming in and, um, solving all of the, uh, you know, dysfunction that is the, the cursed Soma family. Um, but for me, it did make it feel like kind of a slog because I really was just interested in how Toru, um, grew in her relationships with, uh, 
Kyo and Yuki, and to a lesser extent Shigure, I guess he was kind of just there as a mediator between uh, Toru and the two the two boys. But um, we are introduced to some kind of darker themes uh, as the show goes on, where there is some pretty dark stuff going on in the 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 Soma family. Um, some of the kind of heads of the family, the, the head of the family being a character called Akito. Still very mysterious, honestly. The show's not over. This is just season one. Uh, so I was a little bit kind of frustrated, actually, because there was a lot of kind of cloaked mystery around this character, Akito. And I, I wanted to know more about what was going on um, with him, I think. Uh, kind of one of those androgynous characters. You're not really sure if it's a he or a she. Um, but, uh, there's clearly a, they're very, very nervous about the fact that Toru knows who they are and knows their issues. Um, and I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's like some kind of underlying fear throughout some of the show that something bad's going to maybe happen to Toru because people don't want her necessarily there because they're nervous or concerned about that. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's there's some dark themes there, and those kind of get resolved. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much about how so or whatever because it is kind of one of the stories um, about one of the family members. But uh, overall, though, the show the show felt a little too slow to me, um, mm. and the the ending actually was pretty good because they finally do go back and they kind of connect the they finally go back and um what's the word i'm looking for they go and they revisit finally her connection with the two boys uh kyo and yuki that i really liked um personally i like more on more on team yuki i guess if you're if <laughs> if you're picking a team in this it almost feels like a twilight you know um <laughs> are you picking the, the the wolf or the vampire or whatever but um the it yeah but still there i had my issues with this and, and it does kind of it's it kind of shocked me actually there was a moment in i think it was the second to last episode that was just like oh my god like it was really unexpected and dark. Um, and I thought it ended up being pretty good in the end. And I'm definitely curious to see where it goes from here, uh, which I guess is a good sign because honestly, I am probably going to continue watching this when season two comes out. But overall, it definitely was a difficult show for me to watch. I'll be honest. It's the last show that I finished the season. Um, and when it came with a couple shows, we're going to talk about, in the next cast. No, one show we're going to talk about in the next cast. And then I talked earlier about Dr. Stone. Um, this was the show that was difficult for me to kind of sit down and actually choose as a show to watch when you're looking through your queue, just because uh, it, it was kind of, it never gripped me. It, it hmm. I had to really force myself to pay attention to it because it was just too, um, there wasn't much going on uh, most of the time. And, and the stuff that was going on was with characters. I just really didn't care about. Um, kind of that kind of makes me think about uh the new uh card capture sakura like uh was it clear clear card hen uh mm. like that same thing like i really wanted to be invested in it but the stuff that was happening usually wasn't happening to sakura and then apropos of nothing there would be a a card battle and i'd be like all right well 
never mind. <laughs> yeah. And the formula kind of just got a little tired too. Like it started to get a little bit eye rolly that um, it was always going to be, you know, jerky family member comes over or, you know, family member with uh, one of them. I think he was the, um, the sheep or something or whatever, but he was a, clearly, so I watched the dub by the way. And um, dub voice actors and actresses, they need to figure something out here because clearly a male voice that was trying to sound female um the character itself looked like a beautiful female and like a yukata and everything um Mm. but as soon as you hear them talk it's like this is clearly a dude you know trying to sound like this and it's just like come on um (laughs) and i know that was kind of part of that character but it just i'm like his entire episode was like all about how he was he kept he he said sorry about everything and he was always feeling bad about stuff and he kind of seemed like he hated himself. Um, and it just, didn't, it, it, there were episodes like that that just, I, I almost wish I could have just known to skip them because nothing else really happened in them because I just didn't care about that character. And he never really amounted to anything other than that one episode. And it was just like, really you wasted, you wasted 25 minutes of my time. Um, Overall, the the art in this show, I think overall was pretty good. The characters looked pretty good. It was inconsistent, though. There were a lot of scenes that just didn't look good. Um, and and so that kind of was noticeable. You know, when, when you notice the scenes that just <laughs> where the budget is kind of cut is not a good look. Um, music was the openings and endings were good. Uh, overall, though, the the soundtrack background tracks didn't really. Um, I didn't notice them. So I guess that's not, not bad. Uh, but honestly, I didn't really walk away with a great feeling about fruits basket. Um, and I know that's probably not something that I share with a lot of people because I've seen a lot of love for this show, but, uh, it just wasn't for me. I didn't, I really, I had a hard time getting through it. That's fair. Um, what are you giving it, Jeff? I think probably because the ending, I felt that I felt like they stuck the ending. The last couple episodes had me wanting to come back and watch season two. Um, I was probably going to go with like a two, but I think I'll give it a 2.5. Because um, overall it was, I, I can see the good in this show, mm-hmm. but it was it was hard. It was hard for me to get through. And I'm a little frustrated that they didn't give me more answers because there's a lot of kind of mystery that they, they just, they left hanging. <laughs> it's like, sure. um, I, I, I think that probably has a lot to do with the fact that it's an adaptation from a manga and mm-hmm. it's a very faithful adaptation from the manga from what I understand. That's what I've heard. Um, yeah. And there is a second season that will probably be 25 episodes as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where it's like, if you want those answers, you got to stick around for the long haul. Sure. And that's something I did go. read is that uh, this re- was remade because um, the mangaka was unhappy with the previous adaptation of their work. Yeah. So they wanted this. And um, I don't know. I Without watching the early adaptation, I can't say if this is better or, or worse. Uh, but overall, like I said, I, I, I have like kind of – like you said, Carlos, with the new card Kepter Sakura, um, I saw Sailor Moon come back a couple years Sailor ago Moon too, Crystal. and I, 
Yeah, and overall, I thought people were kind of not super pleased with that one. It was um, okay. Overall, I've seen pop. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of what this is. It's like it's okay. It's it's like was it necessary? Maybe. Um, at least that's my feeling on it. Uh, yeah, and and we'll see. Maybe maybe season two ends up being really good. I don't just honestly, unless there's just nothing else to watch, I don't know that I'll be drafting the show in season two because I don't want to force myself to watch it. Um, sure, it might be a show that's better watched when you're in the mood for it. And I think when I was watching this, I just was never in the mood for, for this type of show. So, uh, yeah, I think I, Chan, um, gets, uh, punched into the lake <laughs> by, Jesus, uh, by a cat spirit. Uh, she gets punched into the lake by the cat spirit. Uh, and she takes half of her, her health. Oh, God. And damage. Oh, real quick before we uh, before we I close John. up, uh, you, you reminded me uh, by saying the the background music. Um, the OP for Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season is fucking fantastic. Go listen to it. And, then, <laughs> and it changes it changes uh, episode to, to episode. I think it might be in spurts. Anyway, excellent. Anyway, yeah. The uh, the music for both of my shows couldn't say anything. Have no idea. Um. Okay, yeah. That was five shows, and we are sitting at just over two and a half hours. <laughs> I love it, guys. How do we do it? We're going um, to have, have a lot more next time, and we're actually going to have know. watched. So there's more discussion usually, or there's, it takes longer because there's more discussion when we've watched the same shows. So the next episode, get ready for the long haul, uh, listener. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, We're going to have to start putting caps on these reviews, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. going to do it for this one. Um, we have, uh, or at least I posed the question um, in our podcast discussions thread on our Discord asking you guys what your favorite anime of the season were. So be sure to get in there and let us know so we can read them out on the second review episode. Um, if you would like to get into the discord so you can let us know, uh, you can reach us on our various social medias and we can get you an invite. We are on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. Our email mail to anime arcade at gmail.com. I forgot about the Instagram that is at the underscore anime underscore arcade. And our website is animearcade.net. Hit us up on any of those and we will get you an invite and you can come have fun with us. Uh, come play League. Uh, tell us about anime that you're watching. I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, Chihai Offeru is the current group watch and it will be for the foreseeable future as far as yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, it's going to be a bit before we're done with... It's like 24, 25 episodes. Uh, and then we'll, we'll probably yeah. move Are on. Are you guys going to do season two? I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like, okay. If people really, 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 really want to see season two... I'm not going to fight. I'll be like, yeah, fine. Let's do it. Sure. Um, but if people are, you know, you know, kind of burnt out of seeing one show and they want to see another one, then that's fine too. I have a feeling. You could are, always put it up for, uh, for, for a vote. Oh, put season maybe. two up. Put it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I just don't know if, if people are going to want to, like, after season two, watch season three. So we'll we'll put it up for a vote after season one's over. Um, we'll probably do a... Um, a review cast, a spoiler discussion of season one, 
and then if we do season two we'll do a, sure. a spoiler discussion of season two as well but yeah spoiler cast or i mean uh group watch there cool. you go yeah um yeah anything else i got johanna and rico and sif all-stars yeah, you had to you had to throw Love Live in <laughs> there know, before. I actually, I I actually a... did mention Love Live earlier. What was I talking about? Uh, like, and nobody called me out on it. I, and I was like, yes, I got away with it. And then I just doubted <laughs> myself right now, like an idiot. Um, I thought about it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I, I did mention it at one point in the cast. I don't remember where. Uh, and my mind's kind of fried from talking about anime. <laughs> These, these discussion, <laughs> I love these discussion podcasts. I like them. I definitely like them more when we, you know, we multiple of, of us have watched a show. But um, what do you call uh-huh. it? Like after we're done, I'm just like, ugh, brain, not worky. Yeah. Uh huh. Not worky. Not worky. The motto <laughs> of my life. Um. Okay. Yeah. So until our next review cast, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you later. See you in the next one. Catch you next time.